Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 29. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And, and we, we watched Superman 2. The Richard Donner Cut. Hey! hey there's a familiar voice. Uh, once again, because we are doing a Superman movie, we have our Superman expert, Colin Ryan. Hey, hello. Howdy, hey. Hey, hey! Colin, have you ever seen the Richard Donner Cut before watching it for this? I have not seen the Richard Donner cut before mm, watching it for this. Me neither. Yeah. So we'll get into what makes it the Richard Donner cut. Had you, Casey? Yes, I owned it. I let uh, Todd borrow it so that he could watch it. To be fair, you've been talking about this cut for a long time. Because <laughs> it's so good. When did... Mm. Oh, well, okay. All right. Uh, I feel <laughs> we like got some, we, yeah, got some, we got some we stuff, some to, stuff right, to right. do before we get All there. Right. All right. Since we are... Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? Thanks, Bob. Bob. So... I went out for the beer run for this one, Woo-hoo. and 
uh, initially I tried to find, I don't remember the name of the beer company, I'm not going to try and find it because we couldn't find the beer, but a beer that was called Kneel Before Zod. Like it was brewed. It was Peak Skill Brewing. Uh, oh, I've heard of them. I've okay. heard of them. I even reached out to Branching Out to see if they yeah. could find it. Joel was like, it's really hard to get beer from them. I'm like, all right, never mind. So yeah. then Colin suggested Lagunitas Super Cluster Super. Ale. Yeah. <laughs> a Citra Hop Mega Ale. Oh, there we go. Nice. 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 Yeah, so Lagunitas, uh, at the opposite end of the small craft beer uh, scale that we usually operate in, mm-hmm. they were... Uh, op- they opened in 1993 in Lagunitas, California. They certainly have the roots in craft beer. They're owned by Heineken today. So, uh, oh, oh, are they? Yeah, they sure are. They Ooh. sure are. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, they still make good beer, though. Yeah, it, absolutely. They do a what's that purple? They do a 12th of it's not 12th of never, 12th of never or something. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Never look it up. Uh, while, while you're pouring, I'll just read off the can here. Supercluster is a Citra Hop Mega Ale of galactic proportions. Everything we learned about making hot-forward beer, pale, cold, slightly alcoholic, and bitter. Slightly is crossed out. Oh, I thought it was just an imperfection on the can. No, slightly is crossed out. This is 8 ABV. Okay. How much? 8%. All right. So I want you to drink two and then try and read that text again. (laughs) You know what the good test is trying to say the judicial system and not sound a little wasted? Wait, you were trying to say rural juror? I think he's rural. in something What's called the rural, rural juror. juror. <laughs> All right, let's drink this beer. Right, let's do this. Yeah, you're ready to drink a beer, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. It's not. It's almost not quite an IPA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got like a grapefruit taste to it. Oh, I yeah. got. I like citra hops. I, you know, that's one of those. I, I'm not that geeky that I you know know, know all the hop strains. But Citra is one of the strains that if I see that, I'm like, oh, I want to try this. Mm-hmm. And more often yeah. than not, I like it. It's very West Coast, very... But yeah, that Citra comes through loud and clear, and you get like that almost grapefruit. Yep. You know, but it's it's definitely more towards the fruit end than the sort of pine that you can get off of West Coast hops sometimes. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's not the, like, the citrus, like the orange or tangerine citrus end, right? It's that, like, the, yeah, grapefruit, I think, is the... Best way to describe but it's it. like a really easy mouthfeel. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have that um, resiny assault that you sometimes get with like a mega IPA. Yeah, yeah. I it, love, I love that mouthfeel is becoming a podcast norm. On this, <laughs> <laughs> we're just saying mouthfeel. We're just trying yep. to introduce introduce <clears throat> it into the social lexicon. Yes, because so, nobody saw RIPD. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, do we have any reshoots and reactions? You know, reactions includes. You know, oh, yeah. feedback from our audience. Mm-hmm. And I would like to point out we've got another member of the TSPHC Army that joined us over on our Patreon page. Woo-hoo! So Brad Ergel, mm-hmm. and Brad, if I butchered your name, my apologies. We will definitely make it up to you. Uh, but Brad joined us, and his, his first communication was, uh, could you have a night where the only slips in the helmet are Iron Man? So by, by the, the time, time you're listening th- to this right good job it's yeah, already happened you <laughs> willed it into existence that's right so uh brad thank you for joining us so that means uh brad joins the other members of our patreon supporters uh in enjoying the monster squad mm-hmm. um also by the time this comes out die hard die hard i was gonna say i knew it was die hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little peek behind the curtain we are recording this before the episode comes out but yeah yeah it was either yeah, die yeah, hard or lethal you, weapon well you guys were talking about it's christmas and it's violent and it, so you knew it was either die hard or just the carol kane scenes in scrooge Ooh. <laughs> oh. 
fighting again. Let's not fight anymore. Oh, look, Faye. What is it? That bitch hit me with a toaster. Hey, actually, this seems to be the place. I had. An, I read something the other day that jogged my memory on my, my eternal thing, thing of, hey, is this in Thor's helmet? Oh, oh boy, here right. we go. I read something that declared this one of the best comic book adaptations of all time, Uh-oh. and I'm not sure if it's in there. It's a stretch to say it's superhero, but it's certainly... So before you get there, I want to point out <laughs> that we specifically, we specifically discarded titles that were comic book movies mm-hmm. that were not superheroes. So for example, okay. Sin City is not in, yeah. in the well, let, let me let me ask this. Is Scott Pilgrim in? Yes. Yes. Because that's because you want to watch it. <laughs> because of well, because, because of there's America. A, and there's a Superman and in a there. Superman. And uh there's a that, oh and oh and Anne Kendrick is in there. You're right, you're right. Well <laughs> and, and, and a and a future huntress. Oh that's oh, right. That's right. right. Oh, that's oh, totally why. Yeah, there's lots of superheroes yeah. in it. And and a former Punisher, Tom Jane's in that movie. Who was he in that? Uh, he's yeah. one of the vegan police. He's one of the vegan police with Brandon Routh. Oh, shit. Yep. He or the, is, so. And a future Captain Marvel. Oh, yes. Brie Larson's in there, too. She's right. One of the, yeah, yeah, that movie is chock a block with comic book actors. But that's why we chose it, not because it's a great so, movie. Totally. Here's my question. Here's my question. Oh, boy. Is Josie and the Pussycats in there? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. No, we don't even have to look. I can no, tell you it's no, not. It's not. I don't it's know. Good. It's a good movie, but I don't know. And to be fair, that's comic book in the style of Archie and the Gang, right? Mm-hmm. But those aren't superheroes, so I think I'm okay. Not, uh, I'm okay with saying not our not our niche. Um, and niche. neither one of you watch Riverdale. No, I know you don't because we talked about it earlier this week. Yeah. But I have an interesting theory about the CW now. Everyone goes to jail. Flash went to jail <laughs> yes. last year. Arrow's in jail now. They sent Archie to. Uh, juvie for murder. I'm like, I don't think you could go juvie for murder. It makes it easier to shoot bottle episodes. And each one of them has kind of done a Shawshank thing. Like, Riverdale did literally, like, the needlepoint thing on the wall in the warden's office. He's got the round Coke bottle glasses. I'm like, I think Stephen King's going to sue you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe back. And I remember that great scene in Shawshank where Michael Jai White just kicked ass all over the place. (laughs) I know you haven't watched Nero, but they had a... um, now, who was who he in? It was a pri- bronze, tiger. bronze Tiger. Oh. The, this week's was a prison riot with him and the Green Arrows, the only good guys, as like a supervillain invaded. And the whole episode was shot by a guy. The director had been a stunt coordinator. Oh, interesting. He had been a, had been a bronze medal karate Olympian, and he had been a corrections officer. Dude. So and so, so he's. It was there, a really good episode. So he's sitting in Hollywood. He's waiting. He's like, "All right, Vancouver." <laughs> oh, Vancouver! Oh god, it's. I know you don't it's want a great to show. Episode. If you want to see some really good, you know, could I sit down and watch like that episode? Yeah, I, you know sure. who Green Arrow is. Yeah, you know, Bronze Tigers. A yeah, and it basically doesn't do anything outside of it. It's there's no B plot. It's just okay. Shit it goes, goes down. down maybe I'll need to, maybe I'll need to find that. Do they even do flashbacks yeah. in that episode? Nope. Or flash forwards, rather. They're doing flash nope. forwards. Nope. Of course they are. All right. Because uh, I really want to be lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So now that I've completely sidetracked us with Josie and the Pussycats. Listen, that's fair. It's a fair question. And I, we don't I, have to waste time. We do have to talk about production history. That's the big story. So, Casey, this is the Richard Donner cut. I don't even I'm remember guessing. who the original. Richard Lester. Thank you. Richard, Richard Lester. Lester. Colin, go ahead. Correct. Right. So, well, first of all, uh, 
let's just say to talk about the production history of this movie, you know, maybe there's some lighter topics we could you know touch on, <laughs> like uh, quantum mechanics. Sure. So, <clears throat> as we probably discussed during uh, the discussion of Superman, uh, the movie, the, the whole plan was to shoot two movies back to back. That was the original plan. After the first movie was a success, the Salkins, for reasons that are disputed, but which certainly had to do with the fact that they were more or less banned from the set uh, by Donner, and just they fired him. And they hired Richard Lester, who was one of the original people they talked about it. Richard Lester had made for them uh, Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers. He'd also made uh, A Hard Day's Night. Like, he's not a, no slouch as a director. Sure. Just a very different style. So he comes in and shoots. In 1979, two years after the original shoot, he comes in and shoots a lot of stuff. About 30% of the original 1980 film is Richard Donner footage, and the rest is Richard Lester. That little? Wow. That little. Um, um, everything with Gene Hackman. Every time Gene Hackman is on screen in the original Superman 2, which I actually went back and rewatched for this as well, uh, for comparison. So I'll, I'll pipe in about that occasionally. Please. Because I guess, uh, but, um, everything that, um, Hackman just completely refused to come back. So they edited around him. They used a body double and a voice double. So was that uh, because, was that his working experience with Donner? Out of loyalty to Donner. Reeve. Oh, out of loyalty Chris, to Donner. Yeah, Chris Reeve also refused to come back initially, partly out of loyalty to Donner, partly out of a commitment to film somewhere in time. Oh, right. Uh, Love that movie. Great movie. Um, So he he got sued. They had to sue him to come back. The Salkins. So they eventually get him back because he was not nearly as powerful as Gene Hackman, obviously. And you couldn't shoot around him. You could shoot. They shot around Gene Hackman. Right. you know, but you can if, if you watch the original film and even parts of this because this does contain some Lester footage unavoidably. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice differences in hair length and differences in build and differences in clothes and well, and then we'll get to that bit one scene we really notice differences um, oh, yes. because there's use of test footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, I would, so that's my first note, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, bef- yeah. to be fair, before you even get to the Warner Brothers logo, there is there's text that comes up on the screen. Some footage was taken from screen tests of scenes we were unable to shoot. I was like, oh, yeah. this is going to be interesting. Yeah, and it is. It is. Um, I'm trying to remember if my... I watched this. I, I uh, bought it on streaming. Oh, like streaming. If I it, know it had the, the ode to Christopher Reeve, but I don't remember so if it had the test footage. So this is before you get like the Warner Brothers lot. Like, yeah, yeah. It's all, the very first thing you see. I, the streaming copy does not say Interesting. that. Wow. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Voodoo, get on that. Um, so this this film, if we call this a separate film, comes out in 2006, tied to the release of Superman Returns, uh, which, and I really realized this even more as I watched this, Superman Returns is a sequel mm-hmm. to the Richard Donner cut. Absolutely is. Sure. So it's a sequel. Forget. Yeah. It's a sequel to a director's cut of a film that came out 26 years earlier. I don't know why Superman Returns didn't do better. <laughs> because Superman never throws a punch the entire film. Yeah, because he had. Um, I like Brendan Routh, but he, we'll talk about it in that when we pull that. But yeah, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. He's. Uh, I haven't seen that since the since the film. Yeah, he is great on as the as yeah. the Adam. 
Um, so yeah, so really kind of a mess. All of Niagara Falls stuff was was reshot uh-huh. with uh, by Lester, and the entire Metropolis battle is all Lester footage. Okay, oh, all of Beca- it. Oh, okay. Well, because because usually you would film something like that first, but because of because Hackman had a busy schedule, they filmed all of Hackman's stuff. Hadn't gotten to that by the time they fired Lester. I'm sorry, by the time they fired Donner, and they had to go with you know. So Lester shoots all of that. Hmm. Oh, so okay. I actually started tracking, and we can get to them like when we're talking. There were places where I'm like, well, this clearly feels like different footage. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it, I, I wonder if it was maybe it's the the gap in time. Some of them look just have a different visual look, and I can't tell mm-hmm. if that's like a different lighting style. Yeah. Could that be? Oh, there's a different cinematographer for all of Lester's footage because the original cinematographer had passed away. I'm, Jeffrey Unsworth, that's oh, his name, okay. who was one of the one of you know like the guys who invented cinematography in Britain. You know, oh, wow. I mean, he was he was like 80 years old when he was doing Superman. You know, uh-huh. um, he died before the release, and uh, so there was a new cinematographer. Robert Painter was brought on. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay, and that, so that's, that's why the look is really different. I mean, Lester has talked about how he really wanted to have more of a garish thing. He sort of took swipes at Donner for trying to be David Lean. It's um, wow, yeah, it's a it's a super complicated and weird. Yeah, so bits of Donner stuff cropped up over the years on TV showings and all this other stuff, and then finally, like it, it was it was the Zack Snyder cut of its day. I mean, it was the and that's what we the talked white about whale before for, we started recording. Uh, so we we for, well to be fair we mentioned the Snyder cut and we stopped we were like this is something we got to talk about so why do we have a Richard Donner cut and it looks like for we have no reason to think that we will ever have a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League I I personally think that they did this Richard Donner cut because they saw what Brian Singer had done with Superman Returns and they're like we need to make it make more sense because Brian probably went probably saw all the Richard Donner footage and was like, oh, I like this and this. That may be part of it. And I think also, you know, Richard Donner has done a ton of movies. Even after this with Warner Brothers, they were probably like, sorry, we completely okay. fucked this up here. So, Colin, um, any thoughts on that? I, 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 well, I understand. There is not... There, just Zack Snyder, when he left production on Justice League... It had not reached a point where he had uh, anything other than the roughest of rough cuts. But see, I thought so we... that there isn't. He wasn't. Yeah, he had didn't have picture lock. He didn't. He wasn't like you know. Whereas Donner, I mean, part of it is the unique process of trying to film the two, so sure. that he had he had they hadn't technically completed principal photography, but they had because they'd already made one movie. You yeah, know, right. it was you know. Whereas Justice League by then was only one movie so a couple so yeah. i seem to remember when when that happened and it, and now of course now i'm questioning the the reason that gets shared when Zack snyder leaves there was a tragedy in his family his daughter committed suicide which i don't doubt right mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't but the way warner brothers seems to have handled it since then makes me wonder like was that just like oh my god here's our reason go like and get out but it seemed like the way it was billed was whedon came in just to help his friend Zack Snyder and it just a couple and minor things that and also like it came out that Warner Brothers went to Zack Snyder and said do you need us to push the date of this film back knowing Warner Brothers now I don't think that was true I think that was just some saving face mm-hmm. and it's very clear that 
this is a that with Justice League, it is a Zack Snyder film colored by Joss Whedon. Sure. And and I, now we'll get to so, Justice League. So let me ask one question. Then. Yeah. This was the question I thought as I'm watching this, and knowing that there was, so I knew a little bit because we talked about it. I'd, I'd read a little bit about Donner's history in this production. Do we get a Richard Donner cut? And it looks like we'll never get a Snyder cut because this was a Salkin production. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers can say, well, look, there were some, you know, mistakes were made, but it wasn't us. Like, we own the, the Salkins. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. they've got to own everything that happens with Justice League because it's them. Yeah, I think so, so, some of that, it just comes down to a, a, a an era of, it's not 1970s Hollywood anymore. It is a global sure. corporate world. But I do, I really believe them when they say there wasn't a cut to be had. Okay. And we'll talk, honestly, when we get to really getting into the weeds of this, I'm not certain there was a full cut to be had of this film either. Uh, I agree, yeah. You, I mean, so they I, didn't have the footage. They weren't going to release a Zack Snyder cut featuring somebody's screen test. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you, you know, there are there are parts of this that, now, to be fair, so I respect you for going back and watching the original theatrical release as well. I wish I'd done that. I probably will in the future go back and because now I'm curious to see where there's differences. There's definitely things it, that I'm like, nope, that was not. wasn't even like a reimagining of a scene or a, a plot yeah, point. We'll get it to wasn't the, there. I, there, there are there, large swaths where I'm like, oh, this is clearly different. This is different. But there's it, like yeah, subtle I mean, things. I was like, yeah, but is this? There is stuff in this cut that is markedly better. Okay. I'm, I'm like the yeah, absolutely. If I'm if I'm Christopher Reeve or Margot Kidder. I'm now I'm loving this version. I, yeah. Ironically, I think the worst part of his cut is the the turning back the planet again. That was always going to be the end of this movie. Oh, but that it, was always going to be the end well, of this. And then I th- correct me if I'm wrong, Colin, but I believe that was always going to be the end. And then when right. Lester came in, he's like, "Well, let's just do it in the first one too." They hadn't filmed. Well, it. no, the Salkins made him do it in the first one. Okay. The Salkins made him do it in the first one. The original ending of one is what you see here that Superman. Uh, so, so I mean, I guess we're sort of into talking. Funnily enough, we've we've arrived at the beginning of this cut of the movie because it begins with previously yeah. on Superman. It, it sure does, and, like, and it does a nice job. Recap. That's a uh, nice recap. Hang on, before we move it's, on, I just looked up uh, IMDb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Donner's last movie was Sixteen Blocks in two thousand and six. So, did Richard Donner just kind of quietly retire from directing, and this is his swan song? Is the Richard Donner cut? Because he, mm-hmm. I, there's no like upcoming things. He kind of yeah. just retired d- from quietly retired, and that's sad because I like Richard Donner as a director. Me too. Oh, I, I think he's great. I, you know, if we believe me, Lethal Weapon one, two, and I'll even take three. I like three. I, forget. So I don't like four. Nobody and does. Mel I'm Gibson sorry, went I don't, off the rails. I don't know any movie called Lethal Weapon four. Yeah. You know that is the best of Hollywood for me. Like mm-hmm. I, that's my sweet spot. Uh, Goonies, uh, uh, this, you know, both Superman movies. Uh, there's some other stuff that I'm completely forgetting. Oh, Scrooge that we already right. talked about. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, he did yeah. direct Scrooge. So, that's correct. Is it maybe in 2006, Richard Donner is not the Richard Donner of 1978. So it's almost like, look, you got to do this guy solid. Look at what he's done for Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Look at what he's done. I could accept. That. I wonder if it's like a combination of. Hey, he's done a lot of other great movies for us. Plus, he's kind of quietly retiring because by 2006, uh, his wife uh, is producing all the X Men movies. Right? Yeah. Well, right. their production company, or the, yeah, is, is so. I think he's just like, I can't that. stop now. Yeah. <laughs> you can produce. I'll just go on vacation. Well, he also after Superman Returns and this, he and 
Jeff Johns like wrote action comics for a while. Oh, no, I think that's John Jones. He's a Martian. He's uh, oh, yeah. sorry, that's you another. So uh, yeah. Richard Donner wrote comics. Mm-hmm. Get out of yeah. here. That's crazy. And, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote he wrote some action for a while. Did did they draw Superman like Chris Reeves? Oh, have you never seen Gary Frank's the way Gary Frank? Uh, no. Did, oh my God! They're excited. Yeah, yes. it's it's exactly like Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder. No, I I just want to warn everyone. I may cry because honestly, my favorite part of this movie that we'll get to, I got so giddy. Oh my! Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's Chris. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, my uh, God. That's amazing. One last production question I have, and I, I'm curious if either of you have a thought around this. Uh, my perception, so I remember vividly when Back to the Future 2 and 3 were filmed. Mm-hmm. They filmed them at the same time. And yep. I remember being aware of that and, and thinking, this is the first time I've ever heard of two movies being filmed at the same time. Nowadays, like, and then Lord of the Rings, that's sure. right? Nowadays, not unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers 3 and 4. Yes. So I was surprised when I looked on Wikipedia to get some sense of the production of this to, to hear what you shared with us, Colin, that, you know, they... they that, that's, well, and they, that's how... Um, that is how... The Salkin Clause. Because they did Three Musketeers that way. So I think we talked about that in either yeah. in yeah. Superman with you or in Supergirl with Shannon. It was Superman. Yeah. yeah. So right, they, so Salkin is in DC's Hall of Fame, and for, also and and also notorious for having a clause named after you because of the way you screwed the actors over. Yeah. Interesting. So everybody knew going into this, they were making two movies. Got it. Again, if I'm thinking, well, Back to the Future is the first time Hollywood really does this. Clearly not. And then the Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers, even older. So has that always been a common practice in Hollywood to film two movies worth of material at once and then release it tw- in two and different Off the top of my head, the only time I remember it being done in the sound era other than that is when Todd Browning filmed Dracula in 1931, there was a Spanish-language version of Dracula starring mm-hmm. Spanish-speaking actors, mostly Mexican, that filmed on the same sets at night. Deep fucking Whoa. cut. Holy some shit. People th- some people think it's better because uh, the director of that, whose name escapes me at the moment, moved the camera a lot more and the shots are a lot more dynamic. Well, we'll have to go figure that out. Just, that sounds amazing. It's pretty, I've seen it. It's pretty good. The Our only... podcast guests are better than anybody else's podcast. <laughs> Holy I, believe, shit, I believe that is a virtual mic drop from Colin. <laughs> Holy shit. And all I had was when they filmed Anchorman, they had so much... B-roll of them ad-libbing that there's another Anchorman. Not Anchorman 2, but another like, like sub-story that's an hour yeah. and a half long movie. Of what? just another storyline that they were doing that when Adam McKay, Adam McKay, right? He yeah, did, yeah. When he went to go, he's like, none of this makes sense. And it just all got cut, and then when it came Is out that available video, somewhere? Yeah. Oh, I will be going to... No, hang on. No, don't buy it right now. Todd, we're in the middle of podcasting. Listen, priorities. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're still at the beginning of podcasting. (laughs) Okay, no, I just had a a note. Anchorman. Okay, I'm good. Uh, You're going to look at that tomorrow and go, what the fuck does this mean? Oh, no, because I love Anchorman 1 so much, and I was so disappointed that 2 did not rise to my expectations. Again, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no Anchorman 2. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. What is this? Two, you speak of. Those is two. All right. All right. Uh, so I think that's everything. I think this is the point where you'll hear. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. All right. So let's start with a sad note. The tribute to Christopher Reeve was 
very touching. So I really enjoyed it. Who do to whom do we attribute the? Is it the original marketing? You'll believe a man can fly. Mm-hmm. Is that? I, yeah, that, yeah, that original poster. poster. Yeah, yeah, yes, a hundred percent. As the Marvel guy that I am, well done. That was really sweet. So after a really sweet homage, we have we go the to the pre- planet Krypton. 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 <laughs> so a lot of this, Colin, since you just watched the Lester cut, a lot of this is in the Lester cut. The reminder. Actually, us- no. The Lester cut begins with a much more abbreviated version of the trial thing, right. but it also begins by showing you their crime. The very first thing you see in the Lester cut is a is basically Ralph McQuarrie's um, stormtroopers concept art of a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Which, it's in the extended Superman cut. That, we, that's like we saw Kryptonian that. Guards. Yes, yeah. we saw that in the beginning of the Superman. We one, the one that's coming to stop uh, Jor El from launching the spaceship. Yes, he gets so his he. He's on guard of a doohickey, probably a crystal. I think it's a crystal. <laughs> and Non sneaks in because of the three of them. Non is definitely the one you send to sneak. Right. He's a <laughs> stealth. Um, he has a hundred in stealth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he and he like I, I think he either chokes the guy out or snaps his neck. And then they come in and they pick up the crystal. And like as soon as that happens, the hula hoops drop down and trap them. And then just the talking heads condemn them because who does not appear at all. In the Lester cut mm-hmm. is Brando. There's no modern Brando in the Richard Lester cut. That shaded into Benicia del Toro. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> want to pay Brando again. Yeah, so it's uh, Lara, right? It's, it is his mother the whole time. All Every time you see Brando, it's her. And it makes uh, – we'll get to why it puts a giant plot hole that this at least someone somewhat fixes. Oh, I'm not sure what that is, but I'm excited to get to it when we get to it. I'm also glad that the whole stupid Eiffel Tower bomb nonsense is not in this cut. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. I mean, that's obviously, the bomb that sent out. Really don't, you really don't like the, the Eiffel Tower bit? Do we need a second explosion going into space to free the Kryptonians? Well, you do because you didn't have it the first time. I know, but you, I like that, it, but, that it's been retconned I mean, to here. Two things that that did for me watching the Lester cut. A, terrorists have the Eiffel Tower. Lois Lane is snuck in. Here comes Superman. That is a pretty classic comic book setup. Sure. B, it leads with action, which the Donner cut does not lead with action. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a long time before Superman does much super supering. <laughs> but, you know, I think – and I think that right there is indicative – of what I liked the most about this cut, and it's arguably what I liked the most about Henry Cavill as Superman. The character building. The character building and his humanity, which comes through far more in this movie than the Lester cut. It's the first time I've ever looked at the relationship. This is going to sound silly. First time I've ever looked at the relationship between Lois and Cal, Clark, Soups, whatever you want, you know, whoever you want to use. Mm -hmm. The first time I've ever looked at the romance between the two of them, like, oh, I see it. I see the love there. Yeah. in this one, it comes through, and there's some things that don't work for me again. The, the planet, but yeah, but I was like, if I'm those actors, oh my god, I loved what I did for Donner and Lester. It's like that. Just and it, seems it's silly. just it's so sad that um, Christopher Reeve never got to see this cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I maybe Margot Kidder did, but she had she had her mental illness by prior, this point. Yeah, yeah? yeah. <sighs> that's so sad. Um, while we are talking about the Paris thing, that is. In the Lester cut, uh, Richard Griffiths is one of the terrorists. He sure is. Who Uncle Vernon from Uncle Harry Vernon. Potter. 
What? Uncle Vernon from Harry Potter. He had a- He's also in the original History Boys. He is Monty and With No and I, which if you haven't seen, I've heard of that, that. And I've told, I think you may have told so me to watch that. Good. Wait, uh, can, wait. So can we stop for a second uh-huh. and presume then that Superman exists in the same universe as Harry Potter and that, that uh, Uncle Vernon retires from his life of crime to a quiet place in the suburbs, is that why he's so threatened by the wizards? Because he's afraid that any attention will pierce this false identity he's built over the years. I'm going. I don't know. I think we should just. I think we should sort all the Superman characters into their Hogwarts houses, and then this can just be a Tumblr blog. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly Otis is a Hufflepuff. I'm a Hufflepuff. Are you a Hufflepuff? I'm a Hufflepuff. Oh, buddy! It's, I know. Oh, Ravenclaw. You gonna see puffs? Uh, it's the worst. Oh, yeah. There's an off-Broadway show called Puffs. It's yeah. like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yes. Uh, I've seen the ad for it. Uh, the movie theaters here show. Yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Believe me, it is one of the great disappointments of my life that that I'm fucking sorting hat put me into Hufflepuff. Can what are you, you Colin? Did you do it? No. Come on. Why, why afra- afraid of what house it's sending you to? I said to do Myers-Briggs. That's close enough. <laughs> Five points from Gryffindor. All right. Let's, hey, hey, remember, let's talk about this movie. Since we're still in yeah. scene one. Yes. No, I believe we're still in the previous movie. Um, <laughs> Sadly. So, uh, let me just say, in, in the recap, not the last time the CGI that, that was added in 2006. Yep. Uh, yeah. Which was... Cribbed from a Wigan Commander video. <laughs> Ooh, there, yeah, the CGI in this movie. All your bases are belong to us. Stuff. So I just bought a 4K TV, and watching this movie in 4K, I was like, dude, you can really see the pixels in this movie. Was it a 4K source? So it's a 1080p, but then it oh, okay. upconverts it, it to yeah. 4K. So, so it's not true 4K, but it's as close as it's going to get. I have a me- childhood memory. This is going to sound horrible. Well, oh, no. I'm into it now. I have a childhood memory of a naked boy. No. The- oh, I almost got him. Colin, I almost got him. I you almost got him. son of a... I was waiting. I was oh, watching. I was like, you were- right there. You hate your equipment so much. That's right. Uh, no. So <laughs> in the recap of what happened in the first movie... The meteor land, the the rocket ship lands. No, 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 not, not the meteor. Good sorry, luck. Sorry. Uh, rocket ship lands. The hatch comes out, and then the naked kid steps out. Uh-huh. I associate that with Superman One. This is for this cut, I believe, because the, yeah, none of this, none of that. So it's all that's all footage from Superman One. The way Lester, the Lester version recaps it, is with really brief, like I think, sound-free clips. Okay. Throughout the very long opening credit sequence, so it'll be like names fly through space, names fly through space. Remember when this happened and Got Superman's, it. you know? So they it doesn't have quite as long a intro. Okay. Um, it's kind so of like you do not see you do not see the naked three year old. Yeah, again. awkward. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's kind of but, like uh, Spider Man Two has awkward. all that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't mean the. I just mean he's so old. He's like three. Yeah. Well, wasn't there some bullshit thing about like time passes differently when he's traveling to our planet? Something, blah blah blah. Science, science, science. Right, right. Wave hand, wave hand, wave. Okay. <laughs> Does the movie proper start? Well, I guess the first thing we see that's not from Superman one is when the nuke blows up the Phantom Zone projector, yeah. and they all fly and go. Yeah. So Zot, so Terrence Stamp screams a lot in this movie. Terrence Stamp is eating all the sets. All I wonder them. how much money it costs to rebuild the sets in this movie. Now, here's the thing, though. 
to just that is my memory is Terrence Stamp gloriously hamming it up. Um, and he is hammy at many moments, but there's also a lot of like good subtle stuff. He knows how to pull it in. One thing that's interesting to talk to mention all of the Lester stuff. So Lester's whole thing, he shot three cameras. Very unusual for a, a feature film. Oh, nobody knew when it was their close up, which mm, can, can lead to overacting. True. If you don't where you are relative to the camera. So that's just something to keep in mind with all the Lester footage, which in this cut is mostly everything in uh, the, all the Midwestern East Houston, Idaho stuff and the battle of Metropolis. Got it. Okay. There's a dark moment in the East Houston section of the movie that I don't remember from the Lester cut, but we'll get there. Okay. Not, right. um, I do want to point out Margot Kidder gets seventh billing. The billing. What the fuck? The, I actually noted the order of the billing. It, billing, it was so bizarre. It was. Now, this was done for the. Uh, yeah, Donner. This is not the original. Well, you can tell because the Superman symbol is the modern Superman symbol. Sure. It's not the Chris Reeve era one. Yeah, so it's we get Alexander Salkin presents, then Gene Hackman, then Christopher Reeve, then Marlon Brando, then a Richard Donner film as the music swells. Yeah, it was a. I was like, even all these years later, Hackman gets top billing? That's got to be some sort of clause that he, he yep. will get top Absolutely. billing. In perpetuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Not like Gene Hackman was like, oh, there's a Richard Which, Donner cut of this film? I must watch it. Well, I bet he did watch it because it had a lot of stuff that he'd filmed. And oh, that's remember, true. he's the only one who didn't go back. Right. That's so he, true. Yeah. So, so maybe this was his, you see, I told you so. See? Fuckers. Fuckers, yeah. <laughs> 26 years later. Um, so after the free, the first real scene where anything really happens is in the Daily Planet. And I was like, you know, we talk a lot about info dumps because mm -hmm. they happen in a variety of ways. The the holding up of the newspaper and Perry like reading it. Flex Luther's scheme bombs. Superman saves nation. Master criminal draws harsh sentence. Exclusive story by Lois Lane. Photographs by James Olsen. Ah, Luther, you never look lovelier. Oh, I like that. Uh -huh. That's a way of doing it. Better than the phonetude. Oh, you're learning. Why did I think it was the feather duster? I swear <laughs> to God, I think you, I, I, I could have sworn you called it a feather duster because wait, because they would always be dusting While and on the, the phone. And the phone. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's one of the reasons why, you know, a newspaper setting is useful and common mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like that's an info dump that makes sense he, yeah people talk about what just happened out loud a lot at newspapers i would imagine sure mm -hmm. especially uh, if you're the editor and you're like how's this yeah. read right yeah. yeah did we get yep while they do a great job with that they even do a better job i think with lois's realization that clark is superman oh my god that's oh god with her just looking at him with his arms crossed and looking at the picture of superman silently drawing everything on there and never saying a word. It, it was great, silent acting from Margot Kidder. And I got to assume that that's Donner footage. Right? Sure, that's, that's not none the, of that is in Lester. Yeah. You know why? She does the, not figure out that early. She doesn't start thinking about it until they're at uh, Niagara, Niagara Falls, Falls when he shows up out of nowhere. But what mm -hmm. I love in that is the actor Christopher Reeve in that scene when Lois looks over at him. There's no reason why he should, but he just in that moment he's looking like he maybe like slipped and wasn't. I, I mean. I mean, oh, Clark, I see what you're saying, yeah. Like, Clark didn't realize that he was looking he's Superman like. Cross, yeah. yeah. And he, he's got that pose. I was like, you see it. Like, we don't mm -hmm. even have to. We, she doesn't yeah. have to say anything. We see exactly what she sees, and then she draws it. I love that scene. Well, what's great about oh, yeah. this one, too, is that much like, uh, like Christian Bale's Batman, 
in this movie, you see all three. You see public Superman, you see Kal-El, yep. and you see Clark Kent. Yeah. And it, yeah, so- yeah. As I say, there's, there's multiple gradations here as opposed to the, the great dual performance we see in the first film. You get to see because the secret is leaking out and, you know. I, I think arguably one of the weak points of this cut is that Lois is stupid. She makes the connection, then she forgets the connection. She makes she gets more evidence, because and then it, yeah. she forgets yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. That, anno- wait, that annoyed me. The the back and forth wait, in this in this cut. Yes. So let's let's when explain she, what she does. So she throws herself out a window to well, prove it. Right. But before that, Perry has said they're going to pose as a honeymoon couple in Niagara Falls to get an expose on the newlywed racket. Some of those hotels up there are bilking those poor kids for every cent they can get. Real human interest stuff. Make your Aunt Hattie cry her eyes out. Uh, I gotta say, that Niagara Falls investigate, pretend to be newlyweds, is some grade-A Silver Age bullshit. It, it <laughs> is. That is, that is well, like, a ridiculous... I mean, but yeah. like, that is a plot out of Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, which, for those who don't know, was an actual title that had... Like 150 issues. Oh, you so ridiculous. awkward. So in the newsroom, she's convinced. Now, I will acknowledge that her her theory has a large hole in the fact that Superman doesn't save her. However, she survives. Mm-hmm. It's just this series of weird events. She falls slower. The awning pops out, and she lands on it and, and you know ricochets onto a vegetable stand. Uh-huh. She still survives what should be a death drop. Uh-huh. Now, I can accept that she's like, okay, well, that didn't turn out the way I expected. But then it's like every time she gets a clue, because she sees it later. At Niagara Falls. At Niagara Falls, yes. but When he goes to get the hot dogs, yeah. Right before that, yeah, because he has the look. and uh, Oh, oh because she's his, taking the glasses off. His glasses off. are falling. And she the sees it. Off. And it's like she. Well, and, and notices that he appears out of nowhere. Yeah, That's, that's my problem mm-hmm. is that like the Lois, the crack reporter, should be like, you know what? Maybe he threw me off the scent before, but I've got more evidence. It's not until she confronts him in the in the hotel room in Niagara Falls where she does oh. it. But that's the part of, that. So the, the how quickly she seems to abandon her theory annoyed yeah. me because um, she well, should be a she phenomenal. Only it, she only abandons it once. No, no, because in Niagara Falls when she sends him to get the hot dogs. And again, yeah. it's a beautiful but piece. Then the of, next time we see them after that is the gun scene. Yeah. So. So, so I think she so, waits until then, and oh, then, you know. Okay, so okay, so maybe here's okay. So th- when she takes his glasses off to clean them, and she looks over at him, and she sees him without the glasses, she knows, but she knows that last time she tried this, it didn't work. She put her own life at risk, and she's like, and she says that in okay. the, in the right, you know what? Canada. Okay, objection withdrawn. <laughs> okay. Now, what, what I do want to point out is that they should have never gone to Niagara Falls because. Lois would be put under a psyche valve. She jumped out a fucking window. You know, like, sure. she's not just going to walk away from them and be like, oh, I was just I was trying to prove that my friend is Superman. No, it's fine. No, why are you putting handcuffs on me? What's happening? Where am I going? Let's be honest, though. She carries a lot of weight in the Daily Planet. Perry didn't yeah. see that. So does Clark cover for her? Uh, well, listen. I mean, he's good. It's what he's good at. Yeah. he's uh, Yeah, the last thing Clark wants then is I wanted more attention. To see, I wanted to see that scene. Because she, just because she's he's up there again and she passes out and I'm like and the next shot is her in a rubber room right oh that's, she jumped out a fucking window that's sad Casey I'm realizing now that it is sad because real life right. uh, but Perry wasn't there for that and I feel like Perry is the only person with more power at the planet than Lois is Perry and he is very specifically out of the scene before she throws herself out the window sure so that's yeah why. that's true. So everyone else, she's like, you didn't fucking see anything. I will shiv you right now. That's what, oh yeah, 
She's that's what she's doing. <laughs> wow. She's, so that that definitely wouldn't get her put yeah, under a seat. She's uh, psyche she, valve. She's got a uh, shank in her prison purse, and uh, <laughs> like so. Then we move to the moon. Uh, no, we go to prison where we see Luther, yes. and Otis. Luther and Otis in prison in laundry. Uh, this, that, explain, that explains explains my this note. This scene is basically the same as the Lester version, except it's a little longer here. That whole thing about pass it on so and so's a bedwetter and turns it, you know. Yeah, that and also the really good thing, I, I love the line. I could have set a trap to pasta fazole, couldn't I? Oh, with garlic, Mr. Luther and butter. <laughs> <laughs> Was the uh, is the uh, I want my Liberace records back tonight? Is that in both it, cuts? It, it is. Instead, he said, "What does he say here?" He's like, "Tonight." Yeah. And instead, he says something like, uh, "It's scratched." But either way, I was like. Uh, gay oh, joke? I that. Yeah, it's a, gay a, it's a totally, it's here, a total prison Liberace. Mm-hmm. It's who, a gay panic joke. Who, who wants the Le- Lex Luthor when they're walking? When Otis is carrying the big thing of wet laundry to yeah. put on the drying rack as they're walking, Lex turns to a guy and goes, "I want my Liberace record back tonight." What are you going to do tonight? Very fey sound to his voice. I was is like, that mm. why Luthor says he didn't think about Miss Tessbacher at all in prison? Oh, that's yeah, probably why. Yeah, th- and this. So- so we we questioned She's whether or not Miss Te- Tessmacher and Lex had a relationship. Oh, they do. They have in the a first one, very clear in this movie that they have a relationship. And if you watch the three hour cut of Superman, the movie, yep. there's a whole scene where he's playing the piano and she comes over and starts rubbing his chest and he just goes, "Not now." So it's, it's all there. So is, oh yeah, is, is no, he? I mean, a, they're they're. they're um, Harley and the Joker. That's what I totally thought. Mm. I wrote that later. That they're they have a very Harley and the Joker that, feel to them. He's constantly threatening to beat the crap out of her, and he's she's like, oh, "I love you." I'm like, "No, run away." Yeah. Oh, all right. Now um, let's see. Then now we go to the, the, zoom, the moon. The and zoom. who do we see here? Cliff Clavin, Jonathan Ratzenberger who? in our third mo- or second movie in our yes. in the helmet. He's in Superman One. Is he in Superman One? Also? He he was a. Yes. What? Yes. I think you're right. He's. I know he's in Empire Strikes Back. He sure is. We, he's in the uh, NORAD, like with the launch of the missiles or something. He's in. Oh, the... so he's moved from NORAD to NASA. Yeah, that <laughs> he, makes sense. He got promoted. Yeah. So they've been on the moon for 45 days in this teeny tiny lunar module. Well, I think they've been in on the mission for 45 days. No, he says they've been on the moon for 45 days. That's. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. I was like, wait, wait, no one's been on the moon for 45 days. No one. Yeah. Like, what's the longest? We get, a, we, get a, we get another, hey, guys, it's 1980 gay panic joke. We sure do with the. By the way, Boris and I are engaged. Yeah, I had a feeling about you guys when I saw your Rorschach tests. Just a little detente humor there, Houston. Because you're both men? No, no. So yeah, He is in both Superman and Superman 2. So I want to say that. <clears throat> For a 1978 shot film, they handle zero gravity as a practical effect really well. There's only one time during this whole moon fight when the Kryptonians show up that I was like, whoops. It's when Zod- I want that to be I want that to be a sound drop now. Moon fight. Moon fight. <laughs> I talked about. I, I dropped well, in. Well, we can do it again for, fight. for number four. For nerd fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, we get another right, moon fight right. in four. <laughs> so we definitely have to have him record. Moon fight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what the uh, you know what the secret to being able to put that kind of attention on low gravity uh, effects is is completely ignoring the fact that there's no fucking sound on the moon. Yes, when she yeah, so- she so- talks to them, and it, she should have just been like, 
What? So Christian was laying on the sofa as I was watching it, and, <laughs> and he's, he was not in, actively engaged in it, but he was casually, he was in the room, and he looks over at me and he goes, can you talk in space? I go, no, there's no sound to carry. There. There's no atmosphere to carry sound, no. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I thought the same thing, and I wrote the same note, that when Lursa is talking to that one a- astronaut, he should not have been able to hear a goddamn word that she said. Yeah. The only time that I really noticed bad like use of zero g was when zod kicks the one cosmonaut into space and then pulls his air hose it just falls flat right back onto the moon like no it would float (laughs) or it would like go the other way and keep going that's unfortunate the uh the only real important thing here is that they think that earth is called planet houston (laughs) which (laughs) is funny which is very funny well okay so but do they think it's called the so they Okay, this is a bugaboo. This is my tiny nitpicky bugaboo. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. They so ready. hear the word Houston, right? With 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 what the linguists call a liquid U, hue. Yes, U. and they say Houston, and they say Houston. That joke only works if they read it. Interesting, <laughs> because if you hear something, you are going to repeat the sounds. You can't mispronounce something you only hear auditorially. Ladies and gentlemen, we have entered also, the deep end of the geek pool. not a word. <laughs> what, what's not a word? Auditorially. But, um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It um, is now. But so, yeah, so, but there's a weird thing in this movie. There's like later when they're, when, when he's, when Miss Tessmacher is taking him north, he says mush, mush, and she says mush. Yes. It's just like there's a lot of that it's like I think it all goes back to the the er problem of Krypton Krypton. So one of the things you do when you have unfamiliar words in a production, like a, a play or whatnot, sure. is you be like, "Look, we don't who like sometimes I've I've actually been in a room for many a conversation where you're like, "Who cares what's right? We all just have to say the same fucking sure. thing." You're right, <laughs> right. It's, it's now Krypton, right? Like regardless yeah, of what right, it's, right. Yeah, yeah. that Go ahead, conversation Kyle. was not happening on this set, <laughs> and, it, and, and it feels like at times. People were like having these little digs at each other. Is it a passive aggressive? Is there a conflict Ooh, there? Like, I mean, Taron Stamp is British, so he was probably like, "This is how you pronounce this word." Interesting. I watched part of this with the Bean, and it was yeah. the whole Jor-El scene, and he's like, oh, "You've come from the planet Krypton." He says it, and the Bean, without skipping a beat, turns to me and goes, "Isn't it pronounced Krypton?" Nice. It's like. Oh, you're, you're raising her right. <laughs> the only thing I was going to say is it's it's not the first time we see her. It's the first extended engagement with her. But Ursula, is it Ursa? No, er, yeah, Ursa. Ursula is the sea witch. Poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. All my notes are Ursula. Uh, okay. Todd, it's Ursa. Uh, is it Ursa in Man of Steel as well? No, it's... No, that's... Feora. Feora. Feora okay. all. Feora right. But God, why do I remember that? So I don't even like that movie. I don't remember my fifth grade teacher, but I remember Feora all. I so I like Man of Steel, as we've discussed. I like Man of Steel. Uh the so it's not the same it's not the, you know, different names, but clearly Feora L is clearly evoking Ursa. Yeah. But well, how much alike do those two actors look? Because watching that extended sequence on the moon, and of course I'd seen Man of Steel, you know, much more recently than this, I was like, oh my God, they really cast, or, or they got the look for Feyre all like 
And she seems to have more to do in the Donner cut. There's a couple great lines that I don't remember from the Lester cut that I was like, ooh, that expands on this character a little more. Was it Superman 1 or Man of Steel where they really highlighted her her hatred of men? It's Superman Superman 1, and it gets gets mentioned again in this. But not to the degree it did in Superman. No, no, it's almost the same line, whose unwavering hatred of men and cruel perversions threatened even the children of Krypton. Like it's, it's real, like, you know, nasty stuff that people talk about with homosexuals. Yeah. Yep. It's like, she's a coded evil lesbian. Got it. Okay. All right. It's yes. kind of, it's a little gross. And I remember noticing it the fir- for the first time when we watched uh, Superman, the movie for, yeah. you know, for the podcast, having seen the movie a hundred times, but just hearing it that way for the first time as an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I do want to say one more thing about the moon. It's real round. (laughs) Zod figures out their powers are from the sun. The closer we come to an atmosphere with only one sun, a yellow sun, the more our molecular density gives us unlimited powers. There's only one sun in Krypton, too. Okay, all of the stuff with when they get their powers, how they come in, none of it makes a lot of sense. No, No, none of it's great in either cut. In either cut, yeah. In the whole, the crystal thing, what Jor-El is, (laughs) like why he goes to such lengths to say this is... You can never reverse this, but oh, but I built in this circuit because I knew you were a dumbass. We'll talk about that because okay. that's the that's the where it actually works better than the Lester cut by a mile. Okay, well then uh, let's table that then. So then we go back to our com- prison our break. Comic, yeah, which I wrote down. This prison sucks. But there was a nice pickup for showing that the guard is watching the TV. That's why when the searchlight hits them, nobody's like, oh, shit, prisoners are trying to escape. I think that was where I thought this prison sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That too, yes. Well, I love the idea. It's like it's almost like a cartoonish. Like those searchlights, it's not a job. You're not standing there sweeping the interior walls. (laughs) Todd, have you ever worked in corrections? No, no. And (laughs) no no dig on those uh, corrections officers, but... Uh, I know a lot of people who who have worked in corrections, and no matter who I've talked to, different places, different roles, mm-hmm. it is universally described to me as you are doing twenty years as well. You're just doing it eight or twelve hours at a shift. Yeah, and yeah. Move. As difficult as law enforcement is as a career, and I realize that can be polarizing to people, but law enforcement takes a toll on the people who work in the industry. Sure. Corrections to yeah, an nth degree, even beyond that. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, Chuck. so uh, hi charles i feel like we need a chuck drop the secret is don't do your job and just watch fucking tv that's right right. right. also if you see a balloon don't shoot it or anything how about it's like seeing a balloon 25 feet in the air just fucking shoot it down so i I did like the bit of miss tessmacher going and then him going did you just go I wish I had Miss Luther before we left. Not that psh, that psh. Don't go psh when I go psh. None of that isn't Lester. Right. That's a Richard that's Donner joke? All that stuff, that's all Donner. Yeah. I like that joke. Yeah, yeah. I do remember, though, it's got to be in the Lester cut. When Otis goes to get on the balloon and he's just pulling the balloon down when oh, he yeah. steps that's on the ladder. That that's in Lester, too. This is worth talking about. The reputation of the Lester is way too much comedy, and this is the serious cut. 
But there's a lot of jokes in this. Oh there's my a lot god! Of, there's a lot of pee jokes for the serious cut. You know what I'm talking uh, about? You know, later on when he's waiting, like when they're in the Metropolis battle, he's like, I "Never thought this thing would go the distance." But, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of comedy in this. I, but it's well, good not, comedy. Well, you notice who leaves us at this scene? It's Otis. Otis. And the, I was the Otis oboe of comedy are well, no longer with us. Right. Well, she makes it to the fortress, but. After that, Otis is, you never see Otis again after this. Yeah, it's weird that we never see Otis ever again because in Superman 4, it's Lenny. Yeah, well, I don't even remember. Because John Cryer was probably going to put more butts in scenes. Oh, in I remember. Oh my God, I do the, remember the Superman the 4. Damn hair. it. No, let's. let's <laughs> oh. Well, th- thank goodness. Listen, let's save is, that for a higher ABV night. night. This is the perfect time to say this is the last good Superman movie we will talk about. Oh, fuck. All the rest are. Go from fine to terrible. We're all going to sneakily re-like three, but let's get to that when we get to it. I was Um, thinking about that today because we could pull it tonight. That's possible. (laughs) We just pull the bandit. Get it done. Except that brings us one closer to four, which I'm not okay with. I am the father now. You have my voice. No, you have my voice. So we see that Lois and Clark have gone on their adventure. But the important thing that happens next is Lex and Tess are on a snowmobile that transforms into a raft, and they get to the Fortress of Solace. They get in. Funny bit here. She's got to use the bathroom. Why didn't you go before we left? That was two days ago. I thought it was gross. (laughs) The the, the end toilet bit where she says, That is only in this cut. Right. The the line about you you, know, you could have gone before we left it was two days ago is in Lester. But it's just just to say, like the the reputation of this is the serious version and Lester is the comedy, it's more complicated. More complex, than that. yeah. I think this one gets the pass as the more serious one for a scene we'll get to in a couple minutes with Cal, Ellen, uh Jorel. Yeah, well, and with stuff that happens in the Battle of Metropolis or doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. I was so glad one thing didn't happen in this one. Oh, we'll get to it. Okay, we'll get to it. Two things I noticed about Jor-El is Jor-El talks about the idea of virtue as its own reward. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the the teaching yeah, which jor So it's an interesting thing. Like, that's a very Superman thing. You do the right thing, not because people are going to thank you for it, but because it's the right thing. But he's getting it from his Krypton father, not his Kansas father, though he also gets it from him in in this universe. Sure. And then a poem about trees. I think that I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. The second Supergirl link? Yeah. So (laughs) we'll get to the other one in a minute. When did Supergirl come out? 82? Four. Four. Okay. So this Superman 3 is 83, Supergirl is 84, and then Superman 4 is 87. I believe the full title uh, is Superman 4, The Quest for peace. For peace. And if I remember right, as we discussed in the Supergirl episode, Supergirl was made because the Salkins were had either just lost the rights. Yes. Because Superman three and four are done by Canon. Right. And yeah. yes. And, uh producers and, of uh Electric hor- Boogaloo. <laughs> Aren't those oh I'm thinking of Hammer Horror. I'm thinking the of Hammer's the Horror. Uh Canon did stuff like the Apple and Superman three and four and Break Into. Did they so do nothing Warriors? good? I would watch the hell out of a Hammer horror version of Superman. <laughs> Christopher would, Lee would have made a very good Lex Luthor in his day. Oh, yeah. Christopher Lee would have made an interesting Superman. Actually, yeah, it was pretty. All right, we're not. Well, okay, I am am Superman. That's a tangent. We're not going down. All right, Uh, we'll never get out of here. So, in the Lester cut, there is this whole fresh squeezed orange juice bit 
at the Daily Planet. I remember. Yep. Because he squeezes his thumb in it, right? It's a whole runner where where Lois is constantly trying to get get as much vitamin C because it's going to make her perfectly healthy. All the while, she's chain smoking. Right. She's constantly asking for freshly squeezed orange juice. So this is one reference to it here that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's this. It's in the Niagara Falls scene, and he's like, "Oh, could I have some orange juice?" Freshly squeezed. Freeze. I know. Okay. This should have just been cut. Oh, is that still in this? It's, yes. No, but she asked uh, for two hot dogs. Right. I thought she asked for that in the opening scene mm-hmm. in the planet. Are you sure? Because I felt yeah, like it's only yeah. in the Lester. All that planet stuff is is all different. None of that. The planet is a totally different scene. Uh, I could have. Sw- okay. All right. No, it's not. I, for some reason, I was thinking. I remember hearing that. I remember thinking that we heard more. I heard more of it in what I remember from originally seeing this film. But I felt like I'd heard it tonight as well, but maybe maybe not. So then there's this kid, and he's trying to... The kid fucking deserves to fall, <laughs> and his mother should be thrown over the rail. Like, we'd be fine without both of them. So he falls. It is 28 seconds from when he falls to when Superman catches him. Uh, the height of Niagara Falls, he would have fallen from where he was to the bottom in four seconds. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's. Is it even that long? Weird, yeah, I you know, fast. It's like yeah. a weird. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? Yes, yes, yes. You remember that there's like a very strange gravity well effect there that makes everybody fall slowly. Right? <laughs> or was that just me because I was there at 19 drinking legally in Canada? That could be it. I think that may more be it. But you know, we are about to have the musical theater moment. Yeah, there's a dance break. Yes. No, no, I'm not joking. There's a musical theater moment I want to talk about. Really? Oh. Yeah. What? So are I are either of you familiar with a song called You've Got Possibilities? Nope. From Super It's a Bird, It's a Plane and Superman, yeah. From It's a Bird, It's a Plane and Superman. Haircut, There's a You've Got Possibilities. Simply terrible necktie, the worst bearing. Yep. What's unbearable? What to tackle first? Still you've got possibilities, though you're horribly square. What yep. am I listening to? <laughs> <laughs> There's a musical called It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. Casey has referenced that. I'm aware that that exists. There is a television special, and if you don't do it as a bonus episode, I don't know what's wrong with you. Wasn't um, there Wasn't there a movie? Because we looked at it when we yeah, were doing that's our what movie it is. list. There's a, t- there's a TV like, movie of it. Oh, it was a TV movie. Okay. The only song anybody knows from it, because it became this cabaret standard, is called You've Got Possibilities, huh? where this random character, or, you know, it's, it's Strauss and Adams. Like, it's... A pretty respectable. You, you've you know, lost Todd. Todd has no idea who the fuck those people yeah. are. <laughs> bye bye, Birdie, Annie. You know oh, those guys. You know um, those shows. Joey, so, what, those are shows. Yes, those are shows. Those are shows. Those, those are, are musicals. They have they have story oh. and songs. We're trying to teach Todd the difference between musicals, operas, and plays. It's yeah. going well so far. Yeah, we're doing fine. So, <laughs> I seen in this that reminded me of that because Lois is going. It's not Lois in the show. It's this other random character who actually has a crush on Clark. Who sings this whole like you? If you just stood up some straight and this and that and this, oh. and she does that. She does that, and I just I was watching it. And I went. I just wrote down. You've got possibilities. It's just it's that scene. Mm-hmm. That's a fun. So that's a fun scene. I, again, I feel like the the relationship between Lois and Clark, Clark and Lois, right? Um, never stronger than in this cut and that's another scene where you see that come through yeah, yeah. that's yeah, sweet totally and i use the word sweet a lot in my notes with those scenes especially once they once the secret is out and once they are in the fortress that, of solitude their 
chemistry. I'm so sad this was never in the theatrical cut. You know, a what? lot of this stuff. I'm like, this is beautiful. You know what? That that chemistry, the the intimacy between Superman and Lois in those scenes. When I watched that, then I was like, oh, now I would believe that if you murdered Lois, Superman's going off the deep end. I would believe it because of that. Going back a minute, when the Kryptonians first land on Earth, did you notice that Zod's lapel and his boots had a red tint to them? I did not. Uh, I noticed it there, and then later when the three Kryptonians are flying to the Fortress of Solitude, Nan's stuff suddenly has the red tint. And I wonder if that's because some of it was filmed two years later. But it's like, it would make sense, like, Zod's a general. He would have maybe a different coloring to denote that he's a general could that be related to the differences in cinematography like the, the maybe, lighting maybe the lighting but but yeah. ursa anon in that first scene mm-hmm. don't have it and i do want to point out probably the best sultry british line that Terrence stamp gives in the entire movie is when ursa gets bit by the snake and she burns it she goes, yeah. I have it's beyond reason. and he just goes we all have them like just walks away like you stupid <laughs> yeah. idiot. That's a weird scene. <laughs> it's it's okay, cut so differently. A, this, why did why did no, it's pretty much the same in, in both versions. Why can the why can the snake hurt her? Doesn't make any sense. There's another moment ah. where Kryptonian gets something hurting him that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We'll get to it. Um, oh, in the Metropolis so, fight. Mm-hmm. But that yeah, that sort of sassy bitch walk away from Zod reminded me of how great Terrence Stamp is in the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's so um, good. Why don't you just light your tampon and blow your box apart? Because it's the only bang you're ever going to get, sweetheart. Well, all of that is Lester. So everything of them in Hicksville, Idaho, which, okay, so let's oh, talk about wait, East wait, Houston, Idaho. Wait, wait, before we, get, before we get there, I feel like we talked a lot about the towel, and the only thing we didn't talk about, uh, so what does it look like in the theatrical release, but her bluff, the, the whole thing about, well, I put myself in danger instead of somebody else, and then the gun, and he, and first of all, the physical, so again, I pointed this out to Christian because he was laying on the couch. I'm like, well, you're going to hear this because you're near me. I was like, <laughs> and I had already shown him in Superman 1, the scene where he tra- the, mm-hmm. the transformation. I was like, look at the physical acting that Christopher Reeve does. And he, he does it there again. She fires, and all of a sudden, it's Superman yeah, in a business so suit. Good. So let me let, yeah. allow me I'm to sorry, take this I'm sorry. I'm just column. gushing. I yeah, love yeah, yeah, that yeah. fucking, the end of that scene. None of this is in the Lester cut. In the Lester cut, he trips over a bearskin rug head, falls into the fire. Mm. His hand doesn't yeah. get burned. Yes. And that's, and I'm like, Oh. Like he's faking being clumsy, Kal-El, because that's the easiest way to describe it, is not clumsy. He makes Clark clumsy. Sure, he Kal-El is not clumsy. It was it's the stupidest moment in Superman. Well, one thing I forgot though is that there is a suggestion offered in the Lester cut at, right after he reveals himself by tripping into the fire that he has been subconsciously attempting to tell her he's Superman. Oh, oh. that's true. That's true. Which is not a terrible idea. You, you know what? That's but. So that's a but that's this a scene salvaging. is so much better. This scene is so fucking good. Be- so what happens in this? What happens in the Lester cut? The, she doesn't jump out the window at the at the planet. No, that she never doesn't. happens. Right? Wow, I what thought she I remember does that. Do, she jumps in the river at in Niagara, Niagara Falls. So she jumps in a river in Southern California. 
that right. is clearly not fucking Niagara Falls. Um, right. And there's a pretty good classic Superman dilemma of like, how do I save her without revealing myself? And he has he like he uses heat vision to drop a branch. Yes, and the branch I remember that now. Floor. Yes, and then which is funnily so, enough why she's in the towel. Right. I was just going to ask, is that why she's in the towel? Kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. the only reason that explain and they don't explain it, and maybe again because they didn't finish it, but he's in a tux. He sure is. So clearly, well, no, he says the couple's party is about to start. It, you need to get dressed. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that makes sense. But oh my god, I've never loved Lois as much as when she pulls out the gun, and then I was like, oh my god, I. And then I had that moment of, oh my god, she could like, what if she's wrong? She's putting somebody in danger, and then she's like. It's blanks. I was like, oh, when she says like, blanks, I was like, yes, that is investigative oh, yeah. journalist Lois right there. Yeah, yeah. I, well, do you uh, do you remember how she? So there's a scene in Man of Steel, one of the Man of Steel, uh, John Byrne, the original Man of Steel miniseries, in 1987. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite. My favorite. Yeah, yeah. Where she drives her car into the river in Metropolis to get Superman to come. So she, that's how she contacts him. Right. But she has that. She has a scuba in there. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. God, that we've said it many times on this, but if you want good writing, go seek out anything John Byrne has ever written. You you know what? Like two issues after that, it's a similar thing where the, the issue of um, the issue of man of steel, where he meets Batman. Oh, so okay. Batman, he, Batman tells him that he has attached a bomb to an to an innocent person, mm-hmm. right? And if Superman doesn't do something, he the bomb will go off. Yes, and Superman no you reads his you know he's telling um, the truth. Tell he's telling the truth because of his heart rate. Yep, uh-huh. and he is he is telling the truth. The bomb is on him. Yeah, it's the bomb fucking... is on Batman. It's such a great. So Batman I love suicidal. Those kind of twins. I completely no, forgot about no, this. No, no, he but he's no, brave and he Superman, knows. That's what I'm saying. So Batman's, yeah. Batman's so suicidal. No, no, no. He, he he that's how confident he is. Yeah, it's it's so well done. The classic thing we talked about way back when in Man of Steel is the classic third way. It's the twist yes. outsmarting. Right. It's great super uh, oh, story Oh, Man. Yeah, that, yeah. So I, yeah, I wish, yeah, I wish there was. So I love Dark Knight. Actually, Christian tonight we're watching this. He goes, I wish Zack Snyder had read more than just the Dark Knight Returns. I was like, to be fair, he has. <laughs> it's not just from that yeah. one. But I said, but, but, but I said, but you have to understand the Dark Knight Returns so shaped that character that it's hard to not bring in. Imprints of that. So the only thing now, now that we're on Zack Snyder, oh, if we had, and I just thought of this, so please shoot it down if you want. If from Man of Steel to Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. there had been more of a time jump. If we oh, just yeah. well, moved that, ten years think. ahead, I would yeah. have. I think it would have done better, and then they would have left themselves space to tell more stories, kind of like in Marvel. We have Guardians 1 and 2 that takes place six months apart from each other. And then from Guardians 2 to Infinity War, we have moved a full two years ahead. They're even, you know. Right. So there's so, like, I I saw and I've talked to a couple people that are like, I don't know, the Peter Quill Gamora love story is a little forced in Infinity War. I'm like, aha, but there's two years. What happened in those two years? It's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dark Knight Returns 
works as the story of two people who've known each other for 30 years finally coming to blows. Right. It does not work as the story of two guys who met at Lex Luthor's party once That's fair. coming to blows. That's fair. So I'm really happy we found another way to shit on Batman v Superman <laughs> in this. <laughs> Which I still <laughs> like. Listen, Colin, I still like. Colin, just wait till we get to Justice League. I, I, I think wait. you and I are going to be warring on how much we want to shit on that movie. How- Wait, Is there uh, enough beer in this world? What about, well, Colin, have you seen Suicide Squad? He doesn't have I to. I have not seen Suicide Squad. And he doesn't have to. Superman's not in it, so I he doesn't f- have to see. I feel like to- Colin has carte blanche to join us on the DC movies. Colin, you don't have to join us for that You want to join us. So it's bad. such a good movie. Colin, it's so much fun. Colin, it's how long so, How long have we, we known each other? Played Superman instead. Do do what? It's a- <laughs> I'll join you for It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Live screening live episode Ooh. so should we move on to talking about the weirdness that is east houston idaho yes 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 we get hick sheriffs everybody's favorite 70s movie characters hick sheriffs hey, but like Ladies, poor man's you, poor man's yeah, smoky and the bandit 100 percent. Right? but they're like hello welcome to idaho which is definitely not in the south that's right you know it's like it's fucking like hick southern accent they're not in the South. It's Idaho. Houston, Idaho, real town. Real ghost town now. Interesting. Because of this movie? Because of this movie? Right. <laughs> I think it was like already on its way out kind of thing. Do you remember there's more of those two dudes in the Lester version? So that's all Lester footage. Yes. So it's quite – this is where it starts to – for me, I start to notice um, – that the scenes don't always hold together so well when he's cutting around as much Lester footage as possible. You know what makes get, sense? And mm-hmm. a, a, the edits don't feel clean and smooth, and it starts to, you know, not... He seems to be sacrificing continuity for the sake of making it more of a Richard Donner film. Yeah, I didn't like that it kept cutting in between the Kryptonians destroying Idaho to the Force of Solitude. A couple of times I'm like, this feels weird. The only thing I would say about that is when Lois and Clark are at the diner and he's seeing this yeah. on the TV, he's like, how long has this been happening? And they're like, what the, f- like, have you First been? All, he doesn't answer this question. Right. He's like, where have you been? Like, uh, in the, he doesn't. Where have you been? Yeah, Under, on, on, on an iceberg, desert island. On a desert island, right. Um, um, which is not wrong. Todd, you, you've worked in law enforcement. I have. How how common is it for a sawed-off shotgun to be standard <laughs> Well, it's the deep south of Idaho. Yeah, the deep south of Idaho, which is right well, next to... To be fair, Idaho is full of weirdo white supremacists, but... That's yeah. true. Uh, yeah, you just so, lost all two of your viewers in Idaho. Yeah, that's, a, it's a, that's weird. Uh, but that makes sense, though, if that's Lester footage, because... Okay, so... Deputy Dwayne gets out <laughs> brandishing the, the, the sawed-off shotgun there. Okay. Heat vision to, oh, my God, I can't hold it. Makes total sense. Where the fuck does telekinesis come in? Uh, They're suddenly Jedi's. That makes well, sense. So that, that fits in right with the, here's my giant S, and it's a... It, oh, it's all the clusters running away with the crazy made up powers. Yeah. It's almost like what we talked about in Fantastic Four. What are Doom's powers? It's whatever they need for that scene in the film. That's right. That's fair. That's fair. You know? Yeah. There is more of those two sheriffs in the Lester version. Yes. There's like a whole thing of them talking about where they're going to have lunch. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. And, and the guy being like, they have a wide selection. I can't eat it if it's fish. I swear to God, it must have been written by a nine-year-old Tarantino. Like, it's just like <laughs> the most fucking Tarantino, pointless, circuitous, 
dialogue. Shit. Now I need to go back and watch I, the last one. I know, right? I, I feel like I need to anyway. So you're just talking me into that. So I really like when Nan takes the police, the cherry uh, yeah. off and ha- tries to hand it to Zada and stuff. Because he liked like, it. You fucking idiot. The, just the look on Terrence Stan's face is like, how did I end up with you in my army? Is it sad that every time we see one of these movies, I have to go back and look up his name again because I can never remember that it's Richard non. O'Hallahan? No, 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 non. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, who's oh, non? I mean, <laughs> I like, thought you meant Richard character? O'Hallahan. I'm like, just think light, fluffy bread you get with Indian food. Okay, right. There you go. So oh. Non was created for this. Sh- this is the first non he's created for the film. He later shows up in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's subbing in for a for a large muscular lackey of Zod named Jax Ur. Is that kind of like Feyora Ol? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what isn't Jax Ur in Man of Steel? Zod basically always appears in a trio with a with a bruiser and a woman, and the names and the personalities of the bruiser and the woman get changed throughout history of the comics and the movies and da da da. da. I was jarred by the shot of Cal mm-hmm. and Lois in bed in like satin I'm, sheets. I'm sorry. In what? In bed? That's not a bed. That is a Kryptonian fuck swing. <laughs> so I feel like that needs to become a new drop for the podcast. That is a Kryptonian fuck swing. I mean, right? It's a sex hammock. It's oh, not a bed. <laughs> so, again, this is well, the part of I the, need another beer. So this is the part of the movie that the Bean watched. And I'd forgotten about this shot. And I was like, oh, so I just started being like, does that look comfortable to sleep in? And she was like, no, it doesn't. I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh, oh I mean, I, it, I think it's it's pretty, it, it would pass the Hayes code. It's pretty tame. It's pretty tame. But, I mean, he is shirtless. You know, interesting? you know what's interesting in this version versus Lester? What? So here, sex, then giving up powers. Lester giving up powers than sex. And that plays more into Superman Returns because... Oh, I thought it plays more into Larry Niven's Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It is exactly what it sounds like. Oh, no. Is Larry Niven, the science fiction author, wrote a very infamous thing about the practicalities of a sort of pre-crisis juggling planets powered superman uh-huh. having sex with a human woman oh, and it, no. think 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 of think of some of the more notorious scenes of hancock and uh, <laughs> didn't we discuss we've discussed we've that discussed right? hancock she, yes he comes so, at night so, <laughs> yeah so yeah the um so but in this movie they have sex and then he gives up the powers and it's just a different story to have that as opposed to he has to give up the powers to have sex right so um, we 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 then after after just, I mean, uh, it's setting the stage. The president's preparing to surrender. That's happening. And during all that, when we're cutting back and forth between uh, the Kryptonian fuck swing and Idaho, <laughs> uh, can we talk about the one kid that they murder? The kid riding away on the horse and somebody throws something or... I can't remember what it was. Non kills him, yeah. Non throws something and he and it explodes. One of the townspeople's like He was only a boy. Ursa says, Who will never become a man. What is happening in this movie totally suddenly? 
Well, I mean, Donner was really clear that he he wanted the Kryptonians to be like a scary, implacable force. Well, it's just mission accomplished with that part. And this Um, is more where the jarringness happens, because I think that happens and it cuts back to the sexual innuendo of uh, Clark making the souffle. Being like, I've never done this before. Just just be gentle. Wait, when when is that? Not in this. Did you fall asleep? No, that's not in this. Yeah, he makes What's the souffle. souffle. When? Todd, do we need before, to put the movie on? Before or after they're in bed? Before oh, the fine they're dining, in bed. Oh, the fine dining setup? Yes. And he makes a souffle. Oh, I'm not. Was it, oh, was he doing, oh, was he doing like a table side? He, they're sitting side by side, and he says, I, uh, I have to tell you something. I've never done this before. Don't worry. You're going to be fine. Just uh, don't rush it. Okay. And he heat visions the souffle, oh. and it rises and rises. And then she says, "Stop!" And then she wait, says, wait, wait, wait. I don't remember that scene. What the fuck? Did I nobody? Think, I think you know what? I'll bet you it's not. Maybe I it... wonder if I wonder if a if a bonus thing got edited in on the streaming. In the streaming, yes. Again, voodoo, get your shit together. Okay, so there's this scene (laughs) (laughs) where I believe it's directly after the the boy is killed, trying to run away to get help, that um, Clark and Lois, Clark still dressed as Superman, is like, I have to tell you, I've never done this before. Like, being very coy and like, you're supposed to think they're about to have sex, even though they're sitting next to each other. Now, granted... Clark is an alien. Maybe his dick is on his hip. We don't know. Not everybody keeps their genitals in the same place, Captain. It says deleted scene. It's not in the official Donner cut that came out on discs, but it Holy seems to have been edited shit. into the. Yeah, I've never seen it, and I'm gonna go watch it soon because it sounds crazy. It's yeah. super fun, but the problem no, is I mean, it's, it's put it's in, the in the oldest the... joke in the book. But yeah, they no. literally did it on the Flash this week. So they sure did. Yes, in, on the disc of the Donner cut, there's a scene where he is he is preparing this fine dining experience. She is seated. He is standing standing next to the table. There's a whole conversation about is it difficult being Clark? He's referring yeah, yeah. to Clark in the third person. Yes, so there's all that. And that's in the then, yeah. And then the next time you see the two of them, they are in bed. I'm oh, sorry. Well, he, I'm sorry. Kryptonian pop- swing. <laughs> yeah, he pops the champagne and says something about, I thought we'd forego the orange juice, which I yes. remember going, uh, without the orange juice runner joke doesn't work. It well. just seems weird. It just seems like Cal is a stalker. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. you like orange juice at one time. Also, um, uh, Clark, orange juice and champagne. You have the wonderful mimosa that you can have really, during brunch and be like, I'm not drinking. It's part of brunch. <laughs> orange juice. That's, a, that's really a classically a post-coital, not pre-coital drink. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but... Uh, right. yeah. I do want to... One piece yeah. okay. thing. This is, like, this is what I was talking about earlier with... I remember Terrence stamping over the top, and this was a, a really subtle moment I noticed. When he when he picks up, when he realizes the camera's on him, he starts preening for the camera. Does he, he really? Sure does, oh, I didn't yeah. even notice that. He's very subtle. He's vain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, no, why do you... It's, it's, Really subtly done. Like he's there. There are good, subtle, amazing little. He's so good in this movie. Uh, he really agreed, is. Agreed. He really is. Two more things about Idaho, and then we can move beyond <laughs> it. Um, when the three Kryptonians are standing there, and the helicopter comes in and starts firing missiles at them, those are real explosions, and it looks like it is Richard O'Hallahan. Yes, 
the actress who plays Lur, Lur, uh, Ursa, and I can't remember her name, and Terry Stamp. Yeah. Just fucking standing there. I'm like, this would not happen today in Hollywood. Well, it would with Tom Cruise. Uh, well, that's Tom Cruise is like, I want you to really blow me up. That's the that's the hook this time. We're gonna you're gonna I, really blow me up. I've Tom, been, you know you'll be dead after this. No, no, no. Scientology will save me. I'm on the fourth it's bridge, so- right? <laughs> no. So so those were impressive shots. The only thing I would point out, I'm sure they were like the equivalent of squibs standing on yeah. just loose like like almost yeah. dusty soil, but still. and they happen. They happen behind the person. Uh, one happens right in front of Terrence Stamp, and I was like, "That." Well, I think that that might be him. the way the blast is going. I I got to assume the <sighs> nod to safety has to be they're behind them. It's there's still, no, it's, there's no way they would they would have them stand on top of it or behind it. But if it's behind them mm-hmm. and it's and they're on basically loose soil. It's still terrifying, and kudos uh, to them. This is all lesser and, and, stuff, right? And, and imagine doing, yeah, imagine doing that two years after you thought you'd wrapped. <laughs> sure. Totally, By the way, we're going to blow totally you up. Director. Yeah. Also, the one other thing, the kid dies, but when the army starts fighting the Kryptonians, they all survive. Like, even the guy who goes through the house and the car flips over, I'm like, right. oh, that guy's dead. There's that pickup shot of him being, like, cartoonish, like, oh, I wanted birds around it's his head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, now... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not done with Idaho. Okay. How did Zod know that general was a general by his four stars? He's Kryptonian. He's been on Earth well, 12 no, hours. But he cuts right in, it cuts right in on it. I mean, the first thing you see is the four stars, and he rips it off. Yeah. He could have literally right before that, like, who oh. are you? I am General Smith. No, I'll tell you why. It's very... So Zod is G- General Zod. He's a military man. Right. He knows that that man is in command because of the way all of the forces act, around right. him act. So this right. is just stuff we right. haven't seen in the movie. Yeah, okay, absolutely. that's fine. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So now in the fortress, you know, again, a nice bit of storytelling. This if, scene is so good. It's a great scene. But if Jorel is going to lecture Cal about you cannot, you know, be a part of their world and keep your powers. Yeah. It puts Part the of my world. Sorry. <laughs> it puts the lecture that that Luthor inadvertently views about morality is its own virtue, right? It puts all that into context. Real quick, we're gonna go back to Idaho real quick. <laughs> Still I thought we'd moved on. I'm so sorry. The reporter, is that who you were gonna talk about? No, I was talking about Anthony Sure. Oh. The I'm reporter, did anyone catch who that was? Nope. He's the guy that gets choked out by Vader on the Death Star what? in A New Hope. Admiral Piat? Yes, he is. He's Admiral Piat. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort. Your lack of faith disturbing. He just has a mustache. Don't look it up. I already looked it up. Richard Leparmentier. Oh my god! Because the scene started like, who is this dude? He sounds so familiar. General Mati. Oh, he's General Mati. Mati. Yeah, yeah. New Hope. Yeah, yeah. So, so we can officially wait. Let me look at my notes. We can officially move away from um, Idaho. Okay, and then then onto the White House, right? Yes. Uh, so the whole the whole thing with the uh, the Washington Monument is a insert, uh, like a basically a CGI insert for this version. Oh, was that CGI? I didn't notice by the fact that it looked like absolute butt. <laughs> so oh. 
in the Lester version, they um, they put their own faces on um, Mount Rushmore. They do. Oh, right. The same thing of thousands of hours to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, this works better. Well, oh, this the monument. Work, the the uh, fact the that the Rushmore thing is pretty memorable. It's pretty memorable. Because I terrible. thought you were saying the one of the most ridiculous scenes in the movie is when the trio, which is how I refer to them through my whole notes. Sure, that's fine. Uh, when the trio invades the White House. <laughs> it's so, so I'm bad. okay. I, I'm actually okay with the idea that they brought in military troops inside the White House because of the threat level. Realistically, no, but okay. No, you would. the president would be on Air Force uh, One or he, Marine One. In, yeah, exactly. Three seconds. Right. Or would he be in the bunker? He'd be in kneecap or a bunker. Yeah. yeah, but I'm okay with that. The guy fires a bazooka at somebody about twenty feet away in a in the same room. They're all dead. Yeah, that's yeah. A little so, dark. That, I mean, on a, on a on a verisimilitude from the world of like actual defense and military, it doesn't make sense. Sure, but that scene is way longer than the Lester cut. All of that fight stuff, sure, is like super abbreviated. I, I just think it works great. Like it's it's terrifying. They have, they have sandbags the, inside the White House. They built DF defensive fighting positions. It's inside a military the, guy. I see that. But use use, use your acronyms. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to point out that when uh, Zod gets his hands on a is that an M sixteen? Yes. Oh, and just oh, starts yeah. firing and killing people. I'm like wow, that is we a, have entered a oh, dark great. territory and for this way, movie. Way he, well, first of all, he's leaning on. He's just leaning there, like <laughs> he's letting bored, his lackeys take care of it, yeah. with it, which is great. And then he's the guy, the the, the, the infantry, the, the infantry guy. Yeah, he shatters the window and shoves his rifle into the room. Yeah, generally a bullet will do the shattering for uh, you. I would I'm, assume. <laughs> Why are you engaging? You're not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. That's it's good and bad. At the, it's it's Schrodinger's scene. It's good and bad at the same time. Okay, well played. I, I love that scene. I think it's great, and it's great because it's like because it's like it's just a classic, overpowered. You know, blowing over it. It's super comic booky. Like, does none of it makes any sense in the real world? If but you're in the, the in the world of Air Force One pilots wearing commercial airline sure, sure. gear, like we had in the first movie. Yep. <laughs> of, you know, all that sort of shit, you know. Um, but but just stamps the way Terrence Stamp looks at the gun and then goes, "Oh, I, I mean, that's just such a great bit." Uh, uh, again, it, so, you're not wrong. Just like D- Dark Man, though, it reinforces the 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 movie trope that guns are death rays. That if you point <laughs> them in a direction, he does people pepper die. spray it. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one. I mean, honestly, one thing that you look at this versus Man of Steel or a, a lot of other any movies, say Michael Bay touches, Oof. and the difference the difference between an era when there were military consults and there weren't military consults. The, oh, you know, okay, I, yeah, that's fair. DOD is involved in these movies. Sure. So you you're saying this needs like a Dale Die to help out with it. No, I'm just saying, you know, they they have consultants who who would say, yeah, don't stick your fucking M16 through the window. Uh, you don't fire a bazooka at a target 20 feet away from you. Yeah, the, yes. Why yeah. would yeah. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what happens? Yeah. And first of all, every movie needs a Dale Die. So you're yes, not wrong. Yes, 100. Um, the the best thing about this scene is when. 
the trio enters the Oval Office, <laughs> and the president has the Ring of Protection. Okay, great. If he's there, that yeah. makes sense. Neil, and then immediately Zod calls bullshit. Nope. If you're the leader of this of this country, you would not kneel that. It's quickly. a great moment it's that a you great see moment. the intelligence of Zod. Like yeah. this doesn't work now. And, and then you see the president, uh, who is of oh, that guy actor, E. G. Marshall. Yeah, yeah, E. G. Marshall. Yeah, he's been in some shit. Yeah, uh, he oh. gets he gets like a special billing. Yeah, he's like a featuring yeah, um, or something. He's in he's in Inherit the Wind, isn't he? Is that what he's from, Inherit the Wind? He, he's in everything, because when I looked him up, it was one of those, like, oh, okay, he clearly... Yeah, he's a that guy either. actor. Maybe a little higher than that he, guy. He's act, he's arguably not a that guy actor. He's a... He was a star of a different era. He's like he's like Jackie Cooper. Gotcha. Okay. Right? So I, I do like... So then the president, the real president, kneels down after, like, some bigger threats from Zod. Yeah. And I do like... Oh God, Zod! Yeah, that's, oh, that's that's yeah. one of the greatest moments in the whole movie. Yeah, because it is it's so is good. brilliant. It's so delightful. So, so then we move back to Lois she, and Clark. I'm, I'm sorry, hang on. Oh, I'm just sorry. scrolling down. His first movie credit, E.G. Marshall. Oh boy, The House on Ninety Second Street. He's attendant at the morgue, uncredited, 1945. Wow. But he's um, the thing you probably most remember him for from is um. He's in Twelve Angry Men. He's juror number four. Yeah, that. Yeah, so juror number four. Remind me, Twelve Angry Men. He's the one that. He's the one between three and five. But I mean, (laughs) oh, you you motherfucker! motherfucker. (laughs) He's the he's he's like the businessman stockbroker. He's the one that doesn't care. He just wants to go home. He doesn't care. He wants to go. He wants to. He's very fact, and then he absolutely is turned off by like tens being a bigot. Right, tens the bigot. Who's the one that doesn't believe that they're guilty? What number is that? Eight. Eight, Eight. is Henry Fonda. Eight. Okay. And you're thinking, and three, the one who's the last holdout antagonist. That's Lee J. Cobb. Ah, Lee J. Cobb. I need to yeah. revisit that movie. That's it's such a great, great movie. movie. Have you never seen it? Never seen oh, it. Oh, Todd, it's really good. Sitting in that. Yeah, it's I just so, saw that. Yeah, and it, it, you look at it and like some of the cinematography in that movie. I remember watching it like in high school and being mm-hmm. like, "This is weird." But now looking at it, I'm like, "It's groundbreaking." Some of the cinematography yeah. in that movie is like you didn't it's see a, at that time. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's and the great acting movie. is fantastic. I mean, Henry Fonda is really great. Sure, I know you sure. don't like his daughter, Jane. Right. Yeah. Right. Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, question about we go to the Lois and Clark. I'm assuming in Alaska because that's going to be the closest place where they speak yeah, English. I mean, where how do they get a car? People get to and from the Fortress of Solitude without superpowers. Just, yeah. Well, how do maybe? Except we do later when he goes back. We do get my favorite character is back. Oh, Hobo Clark! How I've missed you. Oh, Hobo Clark! I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, look, it's Hobo Clark. He's back. That's unfortunate. Is that why um, Snyder puts it in that, all of the Superman movies that there's, he does? There's a number. So I have a number of notes about things where I wondered was Snyder doing an homage to these? So I'm, when the I tri- believe the answer is yes. The trio assaulting one. East Houston is Man of Steel when he fights the Kryptonians. In Smallville, the yeah, it's the exact same thing. The Diner sequence compared to the truck stop in Man of Steel. Sure, the tr- the yeah. trucker in this is totally the dickhead trucker in Man of Steel. Yep, uh, and then oh, this one doesn't make sense. Jor El restoring Clark's powers. 
Well, oh, it's it's one, when uh, Jor El in Man of Steel sacrifices himself. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yep, yes. It's yes, the yes, exact same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, Again, you know what? Hey, uh, Mr. Snyder, come over to Marvel Studios. We will take very good care of you. You can do Moon Knight. Oh my God! For, How great would that worked, be? It worked for James Gunn. It worked. It did not oh, work for Joss Whedon. Oh, I was going to say it does not work for Joss Whedon, but uh, well, hopefully. Um, so. Again, the hot dogs. When they're pulling up, she's like, see, I told you they'd have hot dogs. And he's like, Lois, why are you obsessed with hot dogs? It's a fact. Well, it's symbol. actually it's, it's a actually dick. a runner. The Lester one has this runner of like Lois constantly eating. Like there's there's a two jokes about how like she wants a pizza at like nine thirty in the morning and you know, right. she sends that's, that's at the end of this movie. Yeah. She is Brad Pitt from Ocean Eleven's I mom. Just, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Right? Wait. Well, because she's always eating. She's always eating. Yeah, and Rusty's always eating. Um, well, Rusty's Brad, always eating because wait, he never knows no. when the next meal's coming. Brad Pitt is always eating. That's, Brad Pitt eats in every single fucking <laughs> scene he can eat in. He's the man brilliant. Has a, nobody has a bigger oral fixation except possibly Mary Louise Parker. <laughs> Mary Louise Parker is constantly. She either has a a straw or a like mm-hmm. watch Mary Mary Louise Parker and Brad Brad. Pit are putting food or drink in their mouths in every possible scene. Uh, it's hysterical. The well, only problem I have with that with the, vampire. the only problem with that is that Brad Pitt is like char is like chiseled out of marble, and yes. he's constantly eating. Like you son of a bitch! Right? It's not well, fair. I mean, look at look at look at um, Lois Lane in this movie. Look at Maro Kiddo. Yeah, that's not she's... a woman who eats pizza at nine thirty in the morning. Come right. on, wrong. That's one of Hollywood's favorite tropes. The skinny, beautiful woman who eats like everything. Yeah. Diet pills. That, It'll be fine. Oh, it worked uh, for Judy Garland. Okay. Oh. It's, 19, it's 1978. It's not diet pills, it's Coke. <laughs> so, okay, so this trucker comes in, he sits down with Lois, he's hitting on her. Clark tries to uh get him to step outside. He beats the shit out of him. Did you catch when Lois jumped on the trucker? Yeah. And he threw her off. He was gonna punch her. He was. He it, coiled back to do it. I was like, he pulls back twice. Yeah, Jesus. Christ. And he says, "I didn't like your meat, anyways." It's incredibly vulgar. He's a gross. But yeah. how how great is Christopher Reeves' acting chops? This scene is wonderful. Oh, You're he's like he's, he's so good. the horror of. I'm in this world. Like I, I also I like that. I like I blood. He says, "My blood. It's my blood." It's yes. And there's almost like a. He, uh, like a macabre humor to the the my blood. Blood, it's my blood. Uh. Oh, I didn't think about this part of being human. You made me bleed they, my uh, own blood. <laughs> Son of a yeah, bitch. Exact same thing. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. From the moment the TV comes on, or as they call it, the box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just like he is. He is killing it. His and him and Kidder are both their reactions to taking in the news. I have to go back. You can't go back. There's no way now. I have to. I've got to try, damn it. I've got to try something. Anything. It's not your fault. You didn't know this was going to happen. He knew. That is a great Superman moment. Uh, I, again, with there's some weird. I have my powers. 
still going to find a way to stop this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, I love the acting in the Donner cut. It's so much better. Especially, See, I mean, there's more to work with, like, and they're doing a great job. We kind of skipped over the. Um, that's intact in the Lester cut too. Yeah, that's it's in the Lester cut. But what we skipped it's, over is him explaining to Jor-El my attachment, um, the feelings which I have developed for a certain human being, deeply affected me, Father. You cannot serve humanity by investing your time and emotion in one human being at the expense of the rest. The concepts are mutually exclusive. And if I no longer wish to serve humanity... Is this how you repay their gratitude? By abandoning the weak, the defenseless, the needy for the sake of your selfish pursuits. Selfish? After all I've done for them? Will there ever come a time when I've served enough? At least they get a chance for happiness. I only ask as much. No more. The father, I love her. Like, Mm. that's worth all the money he spent on going to Juilliard. Because it is, there's anger, there's admittance, there's love. Father, I love her. Oh, God, it's such a good moment. Except compared to the Lester one, where they have already slept together, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> there's more of a sense of him saying, you know, this, and I wondered how you reacted to this, Todd, because you like the humanizing elements I, in Superman, of him saying, damn it, don't I deserve this? I, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I, I love Christopher Reeve because he brought, he created the the superhero movie, right? Sure. Um, I'll tell you, I've never loved the character as much as I have in this cut. Yeah. And again, not every scene, but that scene, that scene is yeah. the, is Christopher Reeve's best scene in the movie. What I like about it is that it, I mean, ultimately to me, having having watched so many other incarnations, including even like uh, Batman v Superman and Man sure. of Steel, like that whole thing, where you comfortably have a, I mean, right now the status quo is they're married with a kid. Right. Superboy, right? You know, like, and I don't, I like that. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that, that sort of married father version. Probably because I'm a married father. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I could like, still do that. I could still be Superman. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. Um, but they, on a certain level, the whole you have to either have a relationship or be Superman thing feels artificial now because that problem has been solved for like. 35 years in the comics. Yeah, sure. that's true. But you, but in this... But, yeah. but the way that they phrase it here, yeah. as it sets the idea of two kinds of love. Yeah. The, the personal lo- romantic love, um, ver- mean, Eros. Eros. Versus- and, no, no, that's, agap- that's agape. No, no, Eros is romantic love. Well, no, oh. I mean... Oh, oh, I see versus- what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, versus... Agape, which is yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, we're on the same page. Yes, I know. We're on the same page. The I'm same not even the page. same book as both same, of you right now. Yeah, well, it's currently in ancient Greek, but That's right. um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the idea of this 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 um, love for humanity that drives him, and that it's not it isn't selfishness. It's that he is a person full of love, right? And that that love is being directed towards one person instead of the whole world, and that's the that's the tension. You know what? It's if you, not. No. Yeah, it's just so subtly done. It's much more subtly done in that dialogue. None of that ideas of different types of love stuff is in 
his stuff with Lara in the Lester cut. It's all yeah. there. Yeah. It's probably stuff you know, Brando was writing between tokes on the set, but <laughs> But if you're Christopher Reeve and you shot that with Donner. And then you had to go it, back and shoot. The, of course of course he's like he's scene, like yeah. Of course that's why they had to shoot. Of course cuz look, if you did that on screen, you're like um I gave you my best. I don't know what you want to do. It's not going to be that good. God, why would you? Why would you fuck with that? Because that's brilliant. And I gotta be honest with you. I've never looked at Superman. I've never looked at the Christopher Reeve Superman the way I did in that scene. So there's two things I want to point out in this scene that we skipped that we're now back into that were jarring for me. If you say East Houston, I'm fucking walking. No, out. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, we're still in this. Okay. I promise. And then we will keep going. Um, two things when. And this is another part that the Bean was watching with me, and she had the exact same reaction. When Cal flies over to the chamber that's yep. going to make him lose his powers in civilian clothes, it it just felt weird. Well, there's a juxtaposition. He's in civil. He's in Clark's clothes, and you see Lois watching. She's she put on Superman's shirt. And when she walked out in Superman's shirt, the Bean goes, "Is that Supergirl?" I'm like, "No." Well, no. later, so lost yeah. right now. And no. later in the <laughs> sequence, floating giant head. Jorel turns and looks at her. That was the other thing that was jarring. And she jarring. steps back. And I went, "Wait, this is a recording. How does he's, he no, know? He's, no, it's his consciousness. No, he's definitely a consciousness yeah. by this point. Okay, because yeah, he engages. The, the other yeah. scene where he appears, he's much more. Um, so, so apropos it, of the Lester cut, the Lester cut scene with Lara not as good. Christopher Reeve still killing it. He's okay. He, I gotta right. go back he and revisit back that. Drag back for shitty reshoots and he still nails it well that's Reed. why he is my right. uh, sorry henry cavill my favorite superman he is I, so, so in this where he's he's dressed in he's dressed in friday casual uh-huh and then he <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, but you, so because of the weird reshoots in the lester version aka the version they actually released in theaters and was the only version for 26 years oh, no. he is dressed as superman when he talks, he's in the full Superman suit. He goes into the chamber. The chamber goes, you will be human. And you will have comfortable slacks and a nice button down. <laughs> yep. I just remembered that, that it changes and his like, suit. And clothes. Oh, that's unfortunate. <sighs> All right. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, you know what it is? You know why Cavill's my favorite Superman? It's not because of a, a gap in, in Reeves' ability. Mm-hmm. It's because the Cavill Superman got better material to human... The, the script humanized him more. But it's clear because it's, cl- it's clear when Reeve got that chance in this scene. He, oh my God, I've never seen it. that. Yeah. yeah. So it's the script that, that makes a difference. And one. I just want to say when you started to say a gap, I thought you were going back to Arrows versus. No, agape. no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, would, I would also <laughs> add to that that while I don't like a lot of the characterization that's clearly because we can tell by the terrible CGI. Uh, mouth on Henry Cavill in Justice League. I like Joss Whedon's version of Superman, and some of that is also Zach fixing. I'm like, oh, there's there's Superman. There's yeah. this Superman that I've been yeah. waiting for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we go to the White House. We're, so we're in the White House. <laughs> so you were talking earlier oh, about how great yeah. Terrence Stamp is in this mm-hmm. movie. My favorite moment for him is. He has conquered Earth. 
everyone surrendered. The president, on behalf of all the other leaders of the world, surrendered, and he won. How fucking bored does <laughs> Zod so look? And I was immediately drawn to a quote, which I got an, a great little tidbit uh, that ties back to Die Hard. And when Alexander mm-hmm. saw the breadth of his domain, he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Hans yep. Gruber and Die Hard, he attributes it to Plutarch. Plutarch never said it. Yeah. It's, it was it's created for Die Hard. It was created for Die Hard. And Wait, people what? Quote, it, people quote it now as a historical do- source quote. Yes. I'm okay, sorry. So we, can't, we can't talk about it in the bonus episode. Oh, we're going to talk about it. And we'll no, because we're talking this. about it now. No, listen. listen. As you ref- oh, right, because you referenced that in the bonus episode, that if you're not subscribed to Patreon, you should go you subscribe should, and you can hear us talk about that. Because mu- we go much just as deep. Phrasing? Inappropriate. But if that quote does not sum up Zod's face in that mm-hmm. scene, I don't know what does. Uh, we skipped a trope, by the way. Oh, please. When uh, after the fight in the diner, and the, the waitress there is like, oh, let me just turn on the TV. And, oh, it just happens to turn on Shit. to the exposition that needs to be brought in for the movie to move forward. There's no commercial. There's no, you know, kitten being saved from a tree story that happens before. It's just like even fixing At the beginning it, of the story, right? It, like, even fixing it would be like if the newscaster went, if you're just joining us, we are, boom. You know, that they've kind of fixed that trope a little in modern movies. But in this, it's just like, let me turn on the TV. TVA and here we're, 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 we're. <laughs> by, just, by the way, the actual Plutarch thing is is actually kind of the uh, there is a discussion of Alexander weeping in Plutarch. Yes, and it's be, about the fact that there are, he he is literally prevented presented with of all things appropriately for D- DC the multiverse theory. Oh, oh, that he cannot he, conquer them all. That he that he can't conquer them all. Interesting. He weeps because he can't go conquer them all, hmm. not because there are no more to conquer. It's almost the opposite. It's exact. Yeah, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, listen, we give a pass to Alan Rickman for saying it that way because it's his first movie. Listen, it's the. It, I'll give him a pass for fucking anything because he is brilliant. Because he's Alan Rickman. That's right. I liked at the end of the scene in the White House when Lex says, I just want a small amount of beachfront property. Australia. Why does he do no. the uh, the victories? I don't understand that reference. It's not, it's not victory. It's Nixon. It's Nixon getting on the on Marine One when he leaves the White House. Yes. Uh, is it more digs at Nixon? Remember, remember, it's seven years after Nixon left the White House. That's or fair. actually, when they filmed it, it's four years after Nixon left the yeah, White House. It's right in the county. So it is. The yeah. behind the Resolute desk in the Oval Office. So he's going to do the Nixon sure, thing. Yeah, sure, that's sure. Oh, doesn't Gene Hackman call it something other than the... He calls it the Oval Room later. I'm like, the, I'm like, it's the Oval Office. Was it called? No, the, no. I, I love that moment because I think he, I feel like he's communicating with people from another world who don't go Oval Office going, you remember, we were in an Oval Room. Oh. oh okay, good. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Did we go back and talk about the second Jor-El scene? When we're there the right now. Was this pickup stuff? Because... Uh, Chris well, Reeves' so, hair is super long. I don't know. I don't think did, so. Did anyone else notice that? Like, it's super I it's shaggy. What, I, think just, I think it's just what his hair looked like in 77, but they usually either slicked it, they slicked it in the two 
Superman. So this is it. Oh, okay. I wonder what he was filming at that time. It, it, so he looks. He does not look heroic in any way. So it's not, he certainly has it's like not, the blood and the it's, sweat. It's not a later pickup. This is Donner's original version. Oh, okay. Which, so Lester cut. He goes back. No, he talks to nobody. He wanders around. He screams, "Father!" Not quite as excitingly as in this. <laughs> Father! He finds the green crystal that started it all, which had been like dropped by Lois and had a random insert single shot, mm-hmm. you know, and he just picks that up and that is it. He picks it up and it's the end of the scene. And the next time you see him, he's Superman with all his powers. That is a glaring oh. giant plot. Oh, and God, the, really? Yeah. Ugh. Whereas you have Jor-El say, there is one way. It will require sacrificing me. You will never see me again. My consciousness will disappear after all this time. You know, that's but such a better scene. Now it is. It, it is grade A comic book hooey. It, but well, <laughs> but did you it is like a scene that has stakes that has progression that has a cost for the protagonist that <laughs> make you know within the world we've created it makes sense and there's like there's a cost to him getting his powers back. And and what is it? An explanation. Well, (laughs) so which one of you pointed out the whole thing about Houston versus Houston? You heard so Colin, you said when you're hearing it, you don't you don't you can't understand a different reading of it because so did you all hear that it was two different sons in Jorel's quote? The Kryptonian prophecy would be at last fulfilled. The son becomes the father. The father becomes the son. The S U N that restores Clark, that restores Kal-El's powers because the oh. the crystal head explodes like a sun's nova. Jeez. Like the sun is where the powers come from. Now I want to track down Tom Mankiewicz's slash Mario Puzo's, but really Tom Mankiewicz's script to see which way see if it's written. Yeah. Uh, no, oh wow, I missed yeah. that. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing I loved in that scene was the Ron Swanson video that he sends to himself that if you're when ron has the dread uh the keep in mind i've never watched parks and rec <laughs> y- y- Ooh, the, the cornrows hello ron it's ron if you're watching this it means that once again you have danced with the devil oh it's brilliant parks oh, and rec it's so good i right? know i need to get on it how's once my, I'm wait, off nights how, i will be able good. to how was my ron swanson there it's really solid thank you Solid Ron Swanson. Danny will love Parks and Rec, by the way. Oh, yes. All right. Well, uh, well once I have more time to actually, like, it's oh, a, th- there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm almost off nights. How great is that going to be? Did anyone else, maybe it was just on my TV, was Kal-El's blood a theatrical level of red? Blood uh, is redder than you think. But it's almost like for Star Trek, the Undiscovered Country, where they had to make the Klingons blood pink. To get the PG rating. You know, the funny thing about blood. <laughs> oh, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> you both bled. You've seen blood. Blood is red. I don't know what you're talking blood about. Is br- blood is bright fucking red. But right. it's like it's like they put but, paint on his face. We don't. We have. There's a convention has grown up in film and television in the last 25 to 30 years that that red looks overly theatrical. So we deaden blood now. Now, dried blood becomes that rust red. Right, right. But fresh blood is fucking bright red. Right. But we... That's... 
We, we, okay, you're right. So you both, you're right. You both have to come over to my house and we'll watch it on my TV and <laughs> come over to our house. And we'll cut ourselves. That's right. Right. And then we'll cut ourselves and hold it and up hold to my screen and be right. like, okay, yeah, that's, that's right. It just felt very like, but on the same token, Christopher Reeve's eyes are ridiculously blue in this scene. <laughs> There's a couple scenes, and again, I. I was earlier chalking it up to cinematography after I asked that question, but there's also a couple scenes where his the his blue uniform is uh, a blue it's a Kryptonian suit. It's a wearing. Kryptonian suit, son of a bitch. Perfect for Kryptonian fuck swings, <laughs> which is total I, totally what, being. What a they sound don't drop. show is when he pulls off the red underwear. It's just a giant hole. It's for a pincher. It's a pincher. <laughs> You've seen that, <laughs> you, Prince Albert. Oh no! I think we can um, skip to the Kryptonian fight. Yeah. 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 Anyone else have anything else? I just want to say there's an alternate take right before the fight when he shows up at the window. So yes. a lot of the a lot of this stuff is using alternate takes rather than you know stuff that did you know even so they he shows up at the window and he says General, haven't you ever heard of freedom of the press? Which is not the line in the in the theatrical. Cut. No, it's would you care to step outside? It's better with General. Would you care to step outside? It is, but we have to remember that Richard Donner loves to throw his political feels into every one of his movies. I don't think it's that. I think it's that he didn't want to use. He didn't want to use. I don't know. I, it's just. Do you think that's a lesser pickup, or are there? Did they just all of that is lesser? All of that, anything that's battle metropolis, it's oh, all that's right. Lesser. So, did they just have some alternate lines, or were they just like, Chris, say something heroic in this scene? They did a fun run. Like I, 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 I kinda I kind of have to say I agree with you. Yeah. General, would you step outside? Like that's when you know Superman's here to kick ass and take names. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. You know, this fight was a real revelation for me. So obviously this is all Lester footage re-edited by Donner. So yes. out goes out goes the losing the toupee, out goes the ice cream into the face, out goes the backwards roller skater. Out goes the guy the, on the cell, on the telephone on falling the, over. Yeah, yeah. All the Lester gags are edited out, and I'm okay but with that. The basic story, you know, I remember compared to the throwdown of Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking yep. it's slow and it's not terribly violent. It really kind of is. 1979 storytelling of the story of the fight at the end of Man yeah. of Steel. Yeah, like people, I don't remember people being thrown through buildings. That happens. I don't remember, you know, like I remember a lot. I, I, yes, the technology and the speed unfolds a lot slower, mm -hmm. but it's violent and it's scary, especially the way he cuts it in this. Yeah. You know, I don't I didn't love the scene because I feel like there were almost in the same way that I feel like Lois should realize and then know that Clark is Superman. Like, so clearly Superman's tactic was to draw them away, mm -hmm. and he does it. And he, they go a little bit, and oh. then he stops, and he engages. And he, if you pair that with General, would you like to step outside? He's ready and prepared and confident. He's not worried, even though there's three of them, because right. he has a plan. I'm going to draw draw them away. I've got you know, you know whatever that is. It just felt very choppy, uh, which is maybe you know the a reflection of the fact that hey, this is what we had to well, work with. Here's sure. how well, we could put it together. It's a lot less fisticuffs, right? It's a lot more throwing things, blowing things up. To me, that feels 
like a, a symptom of it being adjacent to 70s disaster films. Oh, yeah. That's and good. Not, oh, that, oh, that's fair. Not, not 80s martial arts films. Not sure. 80s, you know, Schwarzenegger or Stallone punch-em-ups. You know, the, the action film it is adjacent to is Let's Blow Shit Up. Sure. It's Towering Inferno. You know, yeah. It's right, not right. So blood it's sport. About how many how many cars can we have them blow down the street? How many buses can we blow up? Yeah. Nice to know that Evita had a metropolis company. Yeah, yeah. that's very sure that was hilarious. Yeah. And also that Marlboro got a massive Clearly, fucking, holy shit. Uh, and like, Coca-Cola. Of, yes. Well, yeah, but only one of the well, okay, both of those are poison, but one of those is really, <laughs> really poison. And one of those would not show up in a superhero film today. There would be no Marlboro yeah. tie-in. I mean, we talked about it in uh, Fantastic Four. Ben Grimm never smokes a cigar the entire right, movie, right? Right. Because it's a modern movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to point out a couple of things pre-fight. Sad is really obsessed with people kneeling in front of him. What is that about? Like he says the whole thing about freedom of the press, flies away, and Zod just goes, "Come to me, son of Jarrell. Kneel before Zod." Basically, into the scene. I don't know if you've noticed the head-to-toe leather mm. and the high boots. So there's very so much a salad he's a tossing. D. He's a D. Yeah, oh. he's the D. He's looking for his uh, S. Question. I, you know, and yeah. Superman is the S. He's oh, the D. he is. Yeah, yeah, I got a question. Um, when Zod throws the building siding at Superman. Superman blows it up with his heat vision. Why does he wince? He's a fucking Superman? Yeah, I actually thought of this. Okay. It's a reaction. Bam. He blows it. And then he re- he's like, oh, my God, that's going to rain below on the Oh, streets. it's not the sound. It's, the, it's the, the recognition of, oh, fuck, that didn't help things a whole lot. And also the Twin Towers being in so much of this scene was well, yeah, really yeah, tough. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, I was like, oh, there they are. Oh, there they are again. I I had a geography question. Again, I always think that, I think I've just discussed this before. My assumption is that Gotham City is New York City reskinned and that Metropolis is Chicago reskinned. Clearly, it's not because after about a second, Ursa throws Superman into the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and Statue of Liberty will be prominent in the next Superman movie we touch. It's huge in Superman 3. There's a big oh, I scene. I don't even remember that. I, uh... Donnerverse, for lack of a better word, Donnerverse Metropolis is New York. It's exactly where New York is. It looks exactly like New York. And um, Burtonverse, technically, Gotham is New York City. I mean, when we get to right. Batman Forever, there's a Statue of Liberty-esque fight scene. Right. Yeah. He- and then you, there's the weird across the bay shit in Batman v Superman. That's weird, right? Yeah. How do we feel about when is it Zod that's going to throw the busload of people? No, it's no, a it's non-Ursa. The, it's a team ta- tag team. How do we feel about Christopher Reeve's reading of the line? No, don't do it. The people. Like you can almost see Christopher Reeve is smiling. Like this is the stupidest thing I have to do in this movie. Well. No, I mean, I think it's, I mean, look, it's exactly what separates this fight from the fight in Man Steel. Right. That there's humanity, but I've, I, I mean, look, go back, watch the parts you know are Lester footage, and remember they had to sue him to get him to the set. Yeah, that's right. very true. <laughs> you know, but uh, one thing I noticed was when Non and Superman go under. Underground, in, in, uh, underground. Yeah. It's and then and then that's when he pun- he punches it non back up, and that's when he goes to the building. Through the building, like, oh, shit! They're like throwing people through buildings thing that everybody talked about in Man of Steel is right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds and, like people you know, forgot over. these movies and just want to shit on DC modern. Well, it, 
DC deserves. You take that fucking back right now. Um, first of all, I thought, hey, Shades of Jaws. Everybody learned from Jaws. You know, don't show it. Oh, but like, right, right, right. yeah. It's a, it's a pretty smart way to like show a mass. Like that's where all the massive punching happens. Right, and yeah. it's all off screen. Yeah, off screen. Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's fair. That's action directing by the guy who made Hard Day's Night. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a well-known fact that the Beatles were all actually international assassins, right? And well, the, the band was a cover. You've seen Three Musketeers, right? The Lester Musketeers. Uh, yes, I have. Those are some amazing action sequences. Okay, all right. <laughs> you don't think so? Uh, so I, I think you have to look at them through the lens of, I mean. Where we started this conversation was I don't find a whole lot of compelling things in this fight, hmm. but I'm thinking in terms of like an action sequence that would be constructed now. And I do think yeah. you have to say, okay, for where it existed, what was yeah. in movies at the time. So I, I do think you do have to set things in a framework of what was the landscape at the time. Sure. One power that makes its first appearance here, uh, at least from Superman, is Super Breath. Yes. Yes. Uh, the freezing, the freezing breath, because he slows Lois when she falls, but she doesn't freeze. This is the cold breath, which is, which is, uh, of course, that's a, all an add-in here. Um, that right. that scene isn't in the the theatrical cut, but yeah, no. But the freezing breath, there's none of that in um, in the first movie, really. And in the third movie, it plays very big into the beginning of that I movie. Talking about that, I remember noticing it when we when we did the first movie and going. Yeah, he never uses any breath powers. Nope. Interesting. Oh, I, did he have uh, these powers at this time in the comics? Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He had, well, he had everything. He had every right. Yeah, <laughs> he had he whatever had super vent, super ventriloquism and <sighs> hypnotism. By he the had pit, he had pincher dick. He had oh, all of the no. things. Right. Um, so, on a scale of one to five red browns, <laughs> how bad is the ADR line after they throw the bus at Superman and he saves them, but they think he's dead? And they're like, yeah, come and on, the let's crowd get him. starts assembling. There's one guy that goes, yeah, I know judo. Did not oh, hear that. that no. <laughs> it's so bad. I did, but I did love the Superman revenge riot there. Yeah, that, that was that's fun. A, it reminds me of, of uh, Spider-Man 2, uh, that great scene in Spider-Man 2. Um, yes. But it's just... I, I'm a sucker for any of those scenes where well, it's also in Spider-Man One. When when the Green Goblin has uh, Mary Jane in like in like the almost the Gwen Stacy ask McGuire uh, or McGuire. Okay, and he and they start throwing garbage at Green Goblin like you mess right. with me, you mess with Spider-Man, you mess with this whole city. I'm a sucker for any scene where the people on mass like stand up and you know stand up for their hero sure. i just love those yeah i totally agree in general in general gene hackman is great i like that gene hackman collects a really nice paycheck for laying on a filing cabinet and quipping <laughs> yes i love that moment hey, that's the chiefs the chiefs got it <laughs> but i love there's one point where he he has he keeps addressing zod mm -hmm. with your worshipful at one point he calls him your turgidness <laughs> Heckman's having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he may. He's like, I didn't. They didn't make me shave my head. I'm all good. That's right. That's right. From here on, it is a sprint to the end. Yes. Lex tells them that he knows the address of the Fortress of Solitude. They fly there. Little thing to point out. I mentioned it earlier. I just want to make sure it's solid. Yeah. When they have the shot of Lois on top of Non, Non's shoulder pads and boots 
have a red tinge to them. It's so weird. Uh, Uh, To Todd's point, the the idea that Superman is drawing them away from the city is not clear. No, not at all. And (laughs) it's not supposed to be clear in the moment. You're supposed to have a fake out of him being um, of him running away and everybody thinking he's running away. But they forget. To have him say, "I knew you'd follow me here," or something like that. Yeah, later. It, right. it doesn't. Pl- it just something is missing one way or the other, right? Yeah. Something ahead of time that, like, that. Yeah. It, it well, just, what is very clear is that everyone thinks he's running away because they just layer ADR on top of ADR, being like. So they end up at the Force of Solitude. This is where it's different because there's none of that stupid new powers of Superman making multiples of himself. Yeah. Like the down of the new, the new Lester powers. Yes. Oh, those are horrible. So super holograms. Uh-huh. Super throwing of plastic. Yep. Super finger rays from super. the Kryptonians. Yes, and he blocks them with a tan. I there's forgot a, about that. There's a great family guy moment where they talk about in Superman 2 and he throws it. They do the same thing where he throws the cellophane shield and it wraps him up and he stands and goes, what was that? Yeah, take that, you jerk. That was a minor inconvenience. Yeah, well, that's the idea. Slowed you down. I'll say. Ow. Didn't see that coming, did you? No. Yeah, well, you know, take that. <laughs> yeah, even, I mean, even as a kid, and I mean, I think we, we didn't talk about this. This is like a movie that Casey and I watched a lot as a kids. A lot. But sure. even as a kid, my, yeah, I was like, well, that's... My dad, had, my dad had taped it onto a VHS off of HBO. So you were good. Thanks, yep. George Ryan. Yeah. And it was like, I think it was in like sequence. It was like this, two, and three, all in sequence on a VHS. Wow. Yeah, maybe even four. He might have squeezed Ooh, four. Yeah, it might have been like all together. Um, and that if you use that lowest quality, you could get like 12 hours on a VHS tape. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, and so we, I mean, I've, I, you know, I saw this movie tons, but even as a kid, I was like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's, You're right. Yeah. It's like this power makes no sense. So this um, yeah, plays better. Yeah, yeah, much better. Lex is there the whole time because they're not cutting around Hackman. There's this is where the in the Lester version, there's a really obvious body double bit. And, yeah. you know. I, I have to go back and watch Lester. This the interplay between Superman and Lex is beautiful in this scene. You think you know people, right? Promises were made, gifts were exchanged. I gotta hand it to you, you know. You always told the truth. Guy always knew where he stood with you. Hmm. Try to get them all into this molecule chamber here. It takes away their powers, see? And turns them into ordinary human beings. Now, if you could... Yeah, the fact that he uses Lex's untrustworthiness against him, that is a great moment. Don't go in there, General. It's a trap. Luther, you poisonous snake! One of the things I like of this Superman is that you don't typically think of Superman as having to be creative because he's a god, right? So I can punch you through a planet. I don't need to be subtle or think ahead. Mm -hmm. This is what good good Superman writing is exactly about making him be that creative. That's yeah, yeah I, I like that. I, that would make me think differently about the character if I if I was exposed to more of that. Big switcheroo, powers are taken away. My, he kneels before Zod and crushes his hand. And this Ooh. may be my favorite moment. Like, I don't know if it's gonna be my, the best scene, but 
every time I watch this movie, when he crushes that hand and Terrence Stamp goes, <gasps> and then it goes, I'm like, oh my God. Wait, fo- followed by the worst moment where Terrence Stamp is lifted up by the by belt. By his crotch. But by the belt <laughs> and the wire above him, and he's like folded in two. Yeah, that I, I just it, it gives me such joy. And he throws him, so... Zod's dead, well, right? Well, the, so uh-huh. they're all go- so let's let's spoil. All of them are going to slide down into the mist. Are they just dead because they don't have powers and they've fallen into a thousand foot crevasse? Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, I, in thinking back on this movie, especially in thinking back on how much I disliked the killing at the end of Man of Steel, you know, I've always had to say that, like, you know, obviously these seem to die here, <laughs> right? No, they're dead. <laughs> Right, but it, their cause of death, lazy screenwriting. But you that, know what I mean? But you yes. could, no, like, you're right. They, literally, they are literally just thrown out of the story. Right, that's right. But you <laughs> like, could you could say that the deaths no, in Man of Steel are lazy you know, screenwriting. No, I don't think so. I think they're perfect. Oh, no, no. In Man of Steel, like, it's super clear he's dead, and they make a point out of it. And, no, you know, there's the whether and how much the director is enjoying the coolness of the neck snapping. But, yeah. you know, like is made oh. out of it here it's literally just like and we throw you out of the screenplay or you know and it's like oh, we don't even bother to say that's death they don't they don't even you know part of that is probably soft peddling it for kids that's true because these true. are let's face it these are basically children's movies sure this is an era what? when the the comics authority is never been stronger right it's yeah. right yeah. It, right so it's right in that era that's fair that's true I mean, no, no, it's it's post letting vampires and werewolves back in. Yeah, but the but the the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had PG thirteen been introduced by this point? PG thirteen. That's Red Dawn, right? Red Dawn, Gremlins, Raider, uh, in Temple of Doom. And Temple of Doom are the things that move. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gremlins definitely. Jesus. Red Dawn on October. August 10th, 1984. Okay, so yeah, we're way far away from it. It was the first film released. Okay, so this movie, if they had shown more of the death of the Kryptonians. Sorry, Temple of Doom was PG. Oh, yeah. They're all. Oh, that was the tipping. Oh, those were the tipping points. Got it, got it, got it. Do you not remember Gremlins? Do you not remember? No, no, I'm I'm sorry. I I thought you were saying that Gremlins and Temple of Doom were PG 13. They're the tipping points. Got it. That made people go, this needs to be something. Got, a bit got more. it, Kat. Sorry, I misunderstood well, that. Didn't Temple of Doom originally get an R rating? Temple of Doom? Yeah, it got an R rating, and Spielberg went to the thing and said, There's no nudity, there's no this, there's no that. You're not giving this an R rating, and they had to back down. All we do is rip out a dude's heart. So maybe yeah, that's so why this is done this more way. Like, my problem with Man of Steel is like, Oh, it'd be cool if Superman kills a dude. Here, it's just lazy screenwriting. I don't know which is worse, honestly, but oh, it boy. is bothersome. They don't. I mean, of all the things they could pull out of their ass, being like, "Oh, wait, this crystal over here is the Phantom Zone." You know? <laughs> yeah, the Phantom. Yeah. Well, we'll get well, to our, the. Well, I will point out that the the shitty writing is actually at the end of the movie, and mm-hmm. it makes their deaths irrelevant because they're not dead. They're still in the Phantom uh, Zone. Well, not, yeah, it's true. That's true. They. Right, because but that's only in this version. Only in this sure. version. In the sure. lesser sure. version, you they never still see go it. into the clouds. Yeah, the yeah, into the cotton batting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, but he never goes back and stops the nuke. 
with the yeah, so, I, yeah I, it's a I, weird it's a weird choice so danny was watching this part with me uh because i had to finish it before coming over tonight and she was like but the nuclear the, all the events are gonna happen now that time's going forward again i'm like you're not wrong well no be, there well, should have been a shot of him then going into space and like Doing something to knock a different it off direction. a different direction. Yeah. So yeah. right. So if, if the fan if the mirror never breaks, well, hang yeah. on, hang on. Yeah. Let's okay. So uh, the the, the <laughs> so he wins. They leave now. No amnesia kiss. No amnesia kiss. Uh, Lex is well, like don't much later in the book in in the lesser version. It's back at the Daily Planet. Right. Sure, That's sure, what sure. I'm saying. It yeah. never happens in this but, version, though. But Lex is like, well, hey, don't leave me here. We see Superman and Lois fly out. He turns around, explode, you know, destroys the fortress with his heat vision. Yeah. So does he straight right. up murder Lex there? <laughs> but so weak, weak spot there, followed by an incredibly strong spot, another amazing scene where the two of them Superman and Lois realize they cannot be together. Oh. Lois is crying. So it, the scene starts in in the north, finishes when Superman brings her home. Another, again, if you're Christopher Reeve, why go back? You just did that. I get it. And also, storytelling-wise, their relationship started on that... On the balcony. On that yes. balcony. Yeah. And it ended on... It's such great yeah. fucking storytelling. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Oh. I mean, to, be, to be honest, the scene... So having watched the Lester version, the scene... In her office, which she suddenly has, as opposed to being out in a bullpen, right? Uh, in the Lester <laughs> version, but it's so that they can have that scene. Yep, it's like the the two of them as actors really, really do a great job with it. Okay, it doesn't oh. make a doesn't make a lot of fucking sense, and yeah, it makes no ma- sense when the super kiss happens, when the you know amnesia kiss happens. <sighs> but they like she sells the hell out of being like. I didn't sleep at all last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know who you are. I don't know how to not, you know, how to be this person who knows who you are and all this other stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was shocked watching him blow up the, the fortress. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's certainly it like from a, from a two film arc kind of place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting yep. of like Jorel is gone. Now the fortress is gone. Now I live here. I think it makes more. I think you said it. You said it in a two film arc. It makes more sense. And again, they filmed them at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you view those two as a as set pieces together, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Do we ever see the fortress in three or four? Can I? I know that I saw three. I don't remember. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Because when he, but but it doesn't matter because the fortress is never destroyed. That's right. Theatrical, but but if you take this as canon. It works farther into three and four. Now, if nobody takes this as canon, but Brian Singer, <laughs> that's very true because it's, so, I so, take my wait. honestly, my canon is Superman one, Superman two, the Richard Donner cut, and then Superman Returns. But wait, but wait, but that doesn't make sense. How is Lois pregnant? He turned back time all the way back to before the, the that's Phantom. True. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Nothing works. True. So I don't get which it. Which ending would we rather have? Amnesia kiss or crappy time travel? Well, only one has him impregnating somebody and then erasing her memory from it. But then she doesn't get to write the story that wins to the Pulitzer in Superman Returns. I spent a night with Superman. I missed that. Yeah. So does she know? 
So I didn't pick up in Superman Returns. She knows that she her knows. son has powers. She know and she knows Clark is Superman. So then so the memory so I don't So he kind so of not, neither of these yeah. neither of these endings are good. So here's the problem. Yeah. Okay, so neither, we need to build a time machine. Yes. Go back and be like, listen, they're How gonna much take coke this, they're gonna done. take this movie away from you. Make an ending that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the problem, the problem is, and it, it really, this gets into like almost a fundamental thing of storytelling in this genre, is that by the time you get to 2006 yeah. and you're doing Superman Returns, uh-huh. the world has moved on from the idea that it is a fun storytelling trope to hide your secret identity from the people who you love most. That's very true. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I mean, look at, look at. The MCU? Are there any secret identities in the MCU? No. Daredevil. The only one, if you count the TV. Uh, Hawkeye. Daredevil was, but Hawkeye. Well, that, that's not so much a secret identity as a secret life. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he doesn't wear a mask, not, so if you see him out. knows who he is. Okay, fair. Yeah. Fair. You know, he's there's nobody there's nobody he cares about he's lying to. It's a private Sp- identity, not a secret Sp- one. All right. Spider-Man is the one. Spider-Man. Spider, yeah, right. Spider-Man. Yeah, but, but even at the end of Homecoming. Right. Man finds out at the end of Homecoming, he's Spider-Man. Right, 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 right. So, right. yeah. So, and it, he actually, and I mean, and then the DC TV verse is singularly uninterested in it. Yep. But there is zero engagement with the Lois Clark thing. In, in So, we're, we've moved past that being a storytelling thing we like. And... And I think by the time they get around to, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we get to Superman Returns because it'll be more interesting than the movie. Um, <laughs> Wait, Kevin's, I, I love Kevin Spacey as Lex. So. Yeah, I, I mean, don't love Kevin ter- Spacey. I, terrible person, right? terrible person. Great but he is, he is the closest we've gotten to Lex Luthor, except we'll talk when we get to Superman 3. Um, Ooh, that's very true. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um, Todd's so lost right now. I, I, <laughs> listen, I remember Superman 3. I don't remember what we're talking about. It's a about. major plot point in Office Space. Wait, Stealing the Rich, pennies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, that piece. I thought you anyway. meant a particular actor. No, no, no. Oh, just, sorry, sorry. Just the plot of... I mean, they okay. literally say, like in Superman 3. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, here we're still kind of stuck in this world of the superhero can either be a superhero the, or have a relationship. So you yeah. know what you know what the ending is then for Superman two mm-hmm. in when you look at turn back the planet or the the memory kiss you know what the answer is neither because look yeah, at how Amy Adams handles it mm-hmm. and the and it would work totally fine and even set up Superman Returns if she is pregnant she she knows it's Superman's child she can't contact him because he goes on that cosmic mission to re- see if that, there's any more survivors yes, of Krypton. That, that works totally fine. Play it that way because that would so, work but, better but, than either could of these you, choices. What's the, is it Spider-Man 2 that I'm thinking of in the Raimi sequence? Is that when Mary Jane finds out who he is? Yes, when he's so, holding up right, the building. The, but right, the very right. the very last scene of that, right, where he goes off to be Spider-Man and save somebody. And she looks out the window and she's excited. I'm dating Spider-Man. I'm dating Spider-Man. Oh, my God. He could not come back from this. There's like a moment that flashes across her face. And that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect end for Superman, too. That's the, that's where you want to go in a modern storytelling. Sure. So you want to go to this place where, like, we're going to do this. 
I'm going to be Superman and, and Clark Kent. And then she realizes, oh, this is a whole other challenge. Because you know what that is? That is moving out of an adolescent phase into an adult phase and the complication of being here and being in this relationship. And it is like that – you know, that's superhero storytelling growing up, not people saying fuck or Batman beating people up sure. like yeah. that. That's where you actually get emotional growth instead of just more violence and more sex. So is there a way to take the Richard Donner scene of them on the balcony? Yep. And then the Lester scene up to a certain point where the amnesia kiss doesn't happen of her being distraught and fraught and all of that. And make a scene that would make a good ending to this film. Yes, by editing in the end of Spider-Man Two. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, if you had and yeah. suddenly, but you Margot need, Kidder looks like. But you only Kirsten need Dunst. like ninety seconds, I mean, though. It's just like because they really little, did. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with the end of this movie being Lois and Clark are not together. Yes. Just, but don't do the memory kiss and don't do turn. Don't back do time. turn back time. Yeah. Just have it be the we can't be together and then hurt all the straw. She's a smart woman. She's a kick-ass reporter. She knows she can't share it. Mm-hmm. Let her carry yeah, yeah. that weight. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, it has to be it has to be a grown-up decision. And I mean, not to I mean, but frankly, it has to be like any way you shake it, turning back time, super kiss anyway. Whose decision is it? The guys. It's the guys. It's yep. right. She has no agency. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which again, not okay. To, not, well, not okay ever. We are aware of it today. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really on the not, radar not in, in the, the mainstream radar. forty yeah. years yeah. ago. Turn back time, amnesia kiss. We don't like either. What I really don't like is the diner scene. Yeah. He's turned back time. Uh, the first one didn't happen. So he's just yeah. well, that fucking too. with this guy. Uh, yeah. That, but yeah, uh, aside from the version, he doesn't turn back time. So he's at least going back. And the guy knows him, and he's like, oh, more of you? Yeah. I still hate that scene, because I do not like petty revenge Superman. Right. But it's even worse if you've turned back time. Danny said this completely undoes every... And she'd only pretty much watch from the Kryptonian fight to the end. She goes, this completely undoes undoes everything this character has done in this movie up to that point. I'm like, you're not wrong at all. I really just don't like that scene at all. He's he's mini Batman for a second. Batman shouldn't do this either. Bat, you know, well, ba- is... well, Batman would do that. Would he? Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah. There, there's a guy. Because, Personal revenge? Versus... Because, no, 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 no. You know why Batman would do it? Because Rocky is terrorizing that diner. Right. But Batman but, would do it with human strength. Yeah. Not... Batman would also show up. Bruce Wayne would show up as Batman and be like, find a new diner. He well, would scare like, the crap out of him. Which, which, which era Batman? The post-Man of Steel Batman. Oh no! You're getting branded at the end of that as well. Oh no! So, yeah. yeah, there's it's, room. It's like I said. It's like I said when he does the basically homage to it, where he takes the 18 wheeler and ties it around a tree. Yeah, right. Seat. And we didn't like I that either. Even like that as as milder is is than this is it's it's the a young- second second he uses these powers out of anger and for his own personal feelings. That's mm-hmm. when he becomes terrifying instead of inspiring. I'm okay with that in Man of Steel. It's a younger Clark. And he is—he has this true. visceral reaction, and I think he leaves because of his shame. That's why yeah. he leaves because he has no—he re- doesn't need that to is leave. Cannon, right there. If they, I, the move, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but whatever it takes. But, That's right. Yeah, right, exactly. No, I hate the diner revenge scene. It doesn't work for me. But this is this is going back to my my pet theory of like 
the superhero genre versus whatever movie genre it runs against. Yeah. You know, this is this is why Batman kills a villain in every kills the villain at the end of every single one of that original run of four Batman movies. The Batman does not kill. Period. Because that's what you do in an yep. 80s action film. You you flip the you flip the script. Well, and you make the guy the, who doesn't kill kill. So in this kind of movie, you you go back and beat up the bully and you right. get your revenge scene. Like in and that's just it's certain tropes and genre storytelling sure. layered onto something that, you know, he does not restore the White House, which he does in the, the Lester version. But, but again, he doesn't, he doesn't have to. Doesn't he, he doesn't have to. Everything right, is reversed. But doesn't he also apologize to the president that it won't happen again? That's the thing. He doesn't have to. You're right, Todd, because he, everything's reversed. So the, but yeah. in the Lester version, because time hasn't been turned back, he puts it back and he says to the president. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again. And then he flies off, which is why Superman Returns is a. Even worse. This, not the Lester, not the theatrical Lester version, because. To have him be like, I won't let you down again. I'm going to disappear for five years. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye. That's funny. So we get the iconic that we we see in almost every single Superman movie of Superman flying over a rising sun curvature of the Earth, smiling at the camera and flying away. And That's movie. That's a movie. That was a movie, guys. That was a movie. Um, uh, we've got some questions to go over, and we, we know. Oh, you have something? Uh, no, I just I don't recall what our Rotten Tomato score was for. Uh, now, is there a separate one for this cut? No, there isn't. That's no, the problem. Yeah, so let's not even do it. We won't do it. Yeah, let's not do it. We'll just because this, this movie is so different. So it, it doesn't different. make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, we got some questions to go over. Yep. Colin, who was your MVP? Always Chris Reeve. <laughs> It's always Chris Reeve. Always Chris, it's, Chris it's, Reeve. These yeah. movies, it's always Chris Reeve. Yeah, yep, yeah, one hundred percent. If you didn't get that from Superman one, you get it. You in get this. it. Well, especially from the Donner and cut. The Donner cut. Yeah, yeah. And this is. I mean, he's great. He shows up and does his job and gives his all in that Lester version. But he has a lot more to work with here. He's Agreed. so so much better in this. Yep. Uh, Colin, who is your favorite character? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's Zod. It's Zod. Oh, oh wait, no. Todd has somebody different. Who? No, the the characterization of Superman in this, we've Ooh. never been better. Okay. Again, if we, if what we see with his struggle, the mm-hmm. conflict, don't, yeah. I, don't I get to be happy? That Yeah, the character, Shh. Superman. Oh, uh, mm. You might have sold me on that. Say Otis, say Otis, say Otis, say Otis, say Otis. <laughs> Mr. Luthor. <laughs> no, I, no, it, 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 it's Superman, yeah. In this version, it is it's good. But yeah, Zod's, it's like one in one. I, I agree. I think I may have been thinking ahead to the next question. Oh, no, that's best scene is the next one. So, yeah. Colin, what, what's best the best scene? Best scene is Zod. Wait. Sorry, wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. All so of the Zod. Best scene, uh, yeah, honestly, mm, this is going to contradict what I say later, but Uh-oh. I think it's the it's it's the um, it's the the gunshot reveal. Oh, yeah. that oh, and again, I'm one in one a. I'd say it's that or my pick, which is Superman, Superman confronting Jor El. Like, don't I get to be happy? But yeah, ooh, yeah. I actually like the second scene more. 
where wait, oh wait, where you, you, you fucked up oh, yeah. those they're all good they're all good they're just, all, yeah. I also like that scene because some of the cinematography and it's probably left over from whoever you said did the original cut that scene where he puts his hand up and the glass mask that we saw in Superman one comes at him yep just the angle and everything I'm like this feels like yeah. modern cinematography it's all good stuff it's, it's all 1978 good stuff. it's yeah. so good Colin what is the scene that you would cut mm-hmm. Well, thankfully, there's no. Can you read my mind? Um, <laughs> we we hear the song. We hear the song. It's a, it's a lovely instrumental. Theme. It's a lovely instrumental. Um, yeah. <laughs> scene I would cut, huh? In 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 the Donner version, it's it's sort of hard to say because the Donner version feels like it has just enough to hang together as a movie. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, Oh, there's one. Oh, there's one. Really? Uh, Wow. What are you thinking of? I wonder. Is it the you thinking of the White House? Nope. You thinking of the kid? Nope. Killed? Oh, that's mine. The the stupid (laughs) snake by the river. Oh, no fucking purpose. They've already walked on the moon. Then we lose that great Terrence Stamp. We all have powers, my dear. (laughs) It's so great. We've got plenty of Terrence Stamp chewing up the scenery. We're fine. Okay. I think I I can go with that. I think think that, yeah, we don't need this this snake bite bit. No, I still think it's the kid. It's too dark. It's too dark in this movie. I was like, why the kid has to die? Yeah. That's pretty dark. All right. Colin, who's the actor having the most fun? Oh, that's Terrence Stamp. Todd? It's Terrence. Stamp. It's Terrence. Stamp. Yeah, okay. Yeah, was, okay. Yeah. yeah you had good. that pause look on your face that I've come to know. <laughs> like if, uh, for the for the oh god zod bit alone. That and also just the malevolence of the take my hand. Just like I have won. Why do you say this? Yeah. Oh, I will kill you for it. You yeah. know, I mean, just, uh, it's so good. We could just wait, drop in all our favorite lines, and that would be like every line that he has in this movie. That's right. That's right. Dad's breakdown. Well, I, I like probably 20, 25 minutes of this, the being watched. And yeah. She was fine with it. Like it. Yeah. She liked it all right. I mean, it's still it's what she calls a classic. Yeah. That, yes, yeah, she, they may not want to watch it, but it's fine to watch it with them. I'm wondering if it was more just she wanted to hang out with me. It's perfectly fine for kids. Even the aforementioned Kryptonian cuddle hammock. Yeah, and friendly. she watched that scene and never had a question of it. In- incredibly non-graphic. It's the Lubitsch touch. They pan away to a fireplace. and you know. <laughs> Or a train going into a uh, tunnel. And then yeah. backing up and coming out. You know, the, the only question I'd have... And and I and I can slip it in here with the dad's take oh, no. on it. Um, phrasing. Did it make either of your spidey senses tingle? Were you uncomfortable with? And and I love the scene of Lois's bluff with the blanks. Is it urban legend or did it actually happen? George Reeves had this problem where, like, people tested his ability, like that he was actually invulnerable. I, I've, you know, again, I've never urban actually heard legend, this. Urban legend that like I mean it's in the Ben Affleck Hollywood land. I haven't seen, land. I haven't seen, seen I've seen the scene. There's a scene where Ben Affleck as George Reeves mm-hmm. is at like a fair yeah. as Superman, and a kid comes out. My father said you weren't real. I believe in you. I know you're real. And it's not blanks. The kid has a real gun with bullets, and the actor George Reeves has to 
in character say, your bullet won't harm me, but it'll ricochet off me and it'll hurt one of these people here. Jesus. Yeah. It's really dark. So I, wow. so I watched it and I love that scene, but then I was like, I don't know if this is urban legend or if it was real. I, we'll have to do a little digging. Well, we'll we do some digging. That. That'll yeah. be a... But I, I, I feel like for me, and you know, Casey will, will attest that uh, we grew up in a, a house where like even, even squirt guns weren't allowed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but that, like I wouldn't know. I mean, I wouldn't show this movie to a kid. At least this cut with that gun scene to a kid who, with whom I was not old enough to discuss firearm safety. Sure, 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 sure. But mm-hmm. honestly, that would apply to just about any movie where people where guns form a significant part of the plot. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. And it's such an innocuous scene, and the fact that she says they're blanks at the end. You've yeah. got a lot of room to explain why in absolutely yeah. but i was like you know i in in th- this might just be urban legend I'll, I'll do some digging we'll have to do some we'll, digging and we'll have a reshoot there you go yes i think you might run into the fact that you know like the bean says it's it's a classic movie a which classic. means boring yeah. right yeah she didn't but, but say it but at, at a certain she point she got squirmy and she's like i think i'm gonna go play in the other room like <laughs> all right bye <laughs> and but, we're done you know, to, to be honest like it is for better or for worse a remnant of a time where superhero movies were designed to be kid friendly right yeah yeah you're very um, and i think it's a good thing that not all superhero movies are designed to be that way true and i think we could do with a few more designed to be that way I th- and I think we're I remember, gonna... you know, when you said Casey, when uh, when Wonder Woman came out, that the Bean really wanted to see it, mm-hmm. and because you didn't want to explain the abject human misery of World War One to her, yeah. you didn't fucking take her to it, and that's mm-hmm. probably wise. And I said to you, oh well, isn't there that that pretty well reviewed animated one? I'd never seen it, but a pretty well reviewed like animated one. Maybe you show her that. And you said it's PG thirteen. It's R. I, really? What the one Jerry Russell voicing it? Mm-hmm. It's R. I mean, there's no reason for that. Nope. There needs to be a version of Superman for eight year olds, and there needs to be a version of Wonder Woman for eight year olds, and there needs to be a version of Captain America for eight year olds. Well, like with Superman, Batman, with the Trinity, and all of DC, you've got Justice League action, and you've got DC superhero girls. But the problem is that only goes like. The Bean is almost out of enjoying those because they yeah. have yeah. a lot of... Ad- you want that tweeny... You need a tweeny. Yeah, more to the yeah. point. Yeah, right. You're right. There, there, There's one for six to eight. There needs to be one for 10 to 13. Yep. yep. And then you can start. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's that's my uh, You know what that, that one is? Can... That's Teen Titans Go. Which yeah, the Bean absolutely fucking loves. Right. And yeah. I do too. Yeah. And did the, you watch The it Noodle yet? and the Goon. You no, watch not yet. Teen... I, I've been... I've been Colin, it's been... you need to see Teen Titans Go to the movies. As much it's so. I mean, it and makes, I love the cartoon, and it I, makes fun of Marvel and DC equally. All right, it's a little time where uh, Bob. Uh, and now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's helmet. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. So I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't feel the the tension that I've felt for 28 episodes. Yeah, because right? we pulled. Wait, 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 Todd. Are you telling me you're not dying, dying, dying to draw the Incredible Hulk? Well, first of all, I like The Incredible Hulk. It's a it's, fun movie. It's fine. And, like and is exactly the right word. But remember, though, at that point, at that point, in order, I all I had for comparison was Ang Lee's Hulk. Right. So you know, I you fucking know how loved I, it. The only time I've ever seen The Incredible Hulk was I did the marathon leading up to Avengers. Oh, you so did too. Me too. Yeah. I did it in Syracuse. Yeah, that was a great day. Well, there's no need to brag. 
Yeah. Which is the first time I saw Incredible Hulk and the first time I saw Iron Man 2 on the big screen. Got it. And my big takeaway was Incredible Hulk is not very good. Oh, you saw that one. So I saw you must have seen AMC's. I saw Regals. They did not show Incredible Hulk. They, oh. They yeah, went Iron AMC's. Man 1, Iron Man 2, Thor, no, we Cap. saw Iron Man 1, Incredible Hulk, no. Iron Man 2. So my takeaway was Incredible Hulk, not so good. Iron Man 2, better than it was on video. Like, it's a big, dumb action I, movie. I like Iron Man 2, Casey and Josh. Emphasis dumb. on dumb. All right. No, okay. no, it's, it's dumb. It's not nearly as smart, as good as any of the rest, but it works better on a big screen than it does on. And I think part of my dislike for Iron Man 2 is... Move it along, guys. So, Colin, I'm sending you Thor's helmet now for you to choose the movie. So, listen, if you don't want to pull MCU, which would be Incredible Hulk, which I'd be fine with, then just give us a good, interesting movie. The Incredibles 2. <gasps> Boom! That's out on video? Yeah. Shit. Well, that's a great fucking movie. We got The Incredibles 2. Hashtag great now. Hashtag we'll have our Disney expert Actor back. Actor having the most fun. It's the fucking raccoon. I'll call that one right now. <laughs> fucking love that scene. That's also favorite scene. Shit. Can we get more raccoon? Jack-Jack versus the raccoon? Yes. Fuck Colin, yeah. Have you seen this yet? I haven't seen it now. <gasps> what? I have a feeling like I have a feeling like I'm not probably going to see Incredibles two. I, I'm at that no. place now where my son is three, uh-huh. and I'm not probably going. There's a buttload of good kids movies coming out now. I won't see till he's old enough. Uh, spoiler alert: You can just watch this with you and Elizabeth, and you will no, enjoy I, it. Oh, I'm not going to get Elizabeth to watch this. Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> I got, she, to watch Le- I got her to watch Lego Movie, and it took two two tries. Well, the first time we watched Lego Movie, she was like, you know, the the beginning where they're like completely sending up hero myths, and yes. you know, she was like, "Wait, is it is it the whole thing with the bricks talk? Is this the whole thing?" I was like, "Kind of." <laughs> is it the whole like, thing where the bricks? I don't. Talk? I don't think I can watch this. And then we watched the whole thing another time, and she liked it a lot more. Can we please get that on a movie poster for the Lego movie? Is this the thing with the bricks talk? Todd, what's the Rotten Tomato score for? Oh, wait. We didn't do our Rotten Tomato score for... Oh, yeah. We did not. Oh, yeah. We said we were going to... Well, technically, it doesn't have one. We... Technically, don't have to give it one, but, but I, I'm no, going to talk about it because I have. This is where my big summing up happens. This okay, is, this is where it's good. <laughs> so hang on. Okay. Uh, oh wait, so this is the good part. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's, what is there for the Lester since you're not doing it? Okay. okay. What, stand by. Stand by. Superman two. Rotten, oh wait, is that a? Hang on. Is there a rotten? T- no, there's no. T- I don't okay. Nope. There is. No, no, there's no. not. There was a there was a tag like a, a page for it. The Rotten Tomatoes for the Lester, eighty five percent. And that's that's a B. Wow, that's where okay. I'm at that's, with that's, this movie. I'd say eighty five percent. So I'll say that the Donner is better than the Lester, but there's still it's a still, lot of stuff that yeah. There's some, and eighty five is yeah, fine. It's a B. I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, my thing is, and I may not even get to a letter grade on this, but my thing about this is, <laughs> is that. If Lester had made this movie, I'm sorry, if Donner had been able to make this movie and make it and film it and not have to cut it together from other people's footage and not have to use, you know, then it would definitely be a better movie. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't quite hold together as a movie. Like you can just tell when he's editing around other people's stuff, when he's, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just. It comes off choppy. It comes off a little disjointed at times. And I just don't think, like, hmm, as a movie, I almost think the Lester one 
holds better together. It's not the story isn't as good and it's not what I want from the movie, but as a piece of filmmaking, it almost holds together better. Sure. So it's hard. It's just so it's such a weird and possibly completely unique moment of what do you say about this? Like it's it's a suggestion of a movie. It's a sketch of a movie. It's an idea of a movie. It's not a movie. Yeah. And, you know, when you said that all the Idaho stuff was from the Lester cut and that stuff that he had to edit around. I get that now. Cause I remember watching this today and being like, this all feels very disjointed and weird. Yeah. And okay. I get that. And that's why my grade is at an 85 because the parts that are Richard Donner are a hundred percent for me. Yeah. The stuff he's got to edit around though knocks it or down. use use sub footage and you know yeah. I, and I, I, i'm glad it exists i'm so glad it exists mm-hmm. i'm glad you can go back and see this idea which is probably the better sequel it still has problems there's still the trucker scenes and the yeah. killing and, uh, you know and everything but, around it yeah but it you know i definitely am glad it exists and i can get that sense of intention but in in the end it's not a it's not a completed film. Yeah, I, so, I agree. So what's I don't, yours? I don't know what I don't know what letter grade to give that. I just know that that you, is the feeling I was left with wait. of it. Of like, I really wish I could watch this movie instead of watch the final draft of it. You know what yeah. movie? You know what grade you need, Colin? What? You're giving this it movie was- an incomplete. Yes. Oh, yes. Damn. Okay. Well played. Just that's fair. That's fair. And that's our first incomplete yeah. of the of the uh, of, podcast. We almost made it thirty episodes with that one. <laughs> that's right. But that's fair. That's entirely fair. That's that's totally fair. All right. Shifting gears. So our next movie up is The Incredibles Two. Mm-hmm. Would either of you like to hazard a guess at the Rotten Tomato score? I'm gonna. It's say- gotta be like. 96, 97. That thing got tons of great reviews, didn't 90, it? 93. Kind of, uh, in the middle there, 94%. Boom. Which yeah. makes sense. I mean... Well, yeah. if we're playing prices Right rules, I won. <laughs> because I was the closest without going you did, over. You did the dick bid. That's, that's it. So, gentlemen, let's watch that trailer. Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? What? Is this all vegetables? Who wanted all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? Whoa! I like Mom's new job! Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it. I don't know that way. Why would they change math? Mm, Math is math. Math is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Is she having adolescence? And Jack Jack? He's in excellent health. No! What the? Num num cooking. Oh, God! Cooking. Oh, 
Okay, that is freaky. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to. So our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. Combustion imminent? What does that mean? Ah! It means fire, Robert. Green Slater interrupts this program for an important announcement. Suit up. It might get weird. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. Can we just talk about, real quick, how great and how underappreciated Brad Bird is as a director? Yes, yes, yes. Iron yes. Giant. These two movies. Uh... Uh, no, I haven't seen uh, Tomorrowland, his, but I hear that it's his, uh, it's not. Good. But his Mission Impossible movie is really good. Ghost yeah. Protocol may be my favorite Mission Impossible really? movie. Uh, you know, I liked Tomorrowland. The problem is, it's not the movie you think it's going to be. Right, and that's it's why not a Disney I ride. Think, it's I think I've more complex had enough time away from all the shitty reviews and the trailer that if I watched it now, I may enjoy it. I, I liked it. I no. liked it, but it's not. It's, it's not, not what the, the trailer movie I sold. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. All right. So, Colin. Where can people find you on the interwebs should you wish to be found? I am on Twitter at Roll of Colin Ryan. And I'm on Facebook at Colin Ryan, but I never go on there anymore because <laughs> Facebook seems to be totally evil. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Casey. Where can people find you on the interwebs should you wish to be found? On Twitter, I can be found at not Ryan Casey. On Instagram at not dot Ryan Casey. You can also follow the Superpod HeroCast on Instagram at Superpod HeroCast. If you have any corrections, reactions, reshoots that you want to send us, you can send us those at SuperpodHeroCast at gmail.com. Because only Cap writes letters. Tony. Todd, where can people find you on social media should you wish to be found? I write about a variety of topics, both geeky and non, at my website, which is tmpinsyr.com. Also on Twitter and Instagram with the handle tmpinsyr. Uh, you know, we've also got stuff up on our Facebook page, which mm -hmm. is facebook.com slash superpodherocast. We have a website, which again, we've done a bunch of episodes kind of very quickly where we haven't gotten a lot of feedback. We Episodes haven't released yet where we, we could get the feedback, but... If you like those those bonus episodes, uh, those bonus posts we were doing that, you know, if we talked about a video, a, mm -hmm. a shot, if we a graphic, we refer to something, we were putting out some companion posts. If there's value in that, if you guys like that, give us a line. Should drop us an email, superpodherocast at gmail.com. Tony. And uh, you know, we'll do those. I mean, if you're not gonna do that, then we'll we'll morph our website, which is tsphc.com. We'll morph that into something else. And finally, did the, you uh, no, did you do a mini episode about when Batman cries? No, no, no. no. Uh, feel, actually, I, yes, yes. It's that is you up the up that it. is embedded in one of the I I've dug out and I found an image of Batman crying because we referenced it in one of our episodes in Flashpoint. We're talking about. We oh, talked about he's it. cried many times. We talked about yeah. it in in one of the Batman's that we maybe it was Mask of the Phantasm. But I mean in yeah. 
Flashpoint. Is that what we're talking about? The when Batman cries? No, yeah. I'm talking about that fucking video music video. Oh no, oh that I'm not talking about. God, no. I completely. Oh. There was a meme. So I was talking about the meme. There was a meme of Batman crying, which we linked out to in a bonus episode. So TSPHC Army, uh, we will link this video when this episode comes out of this very bizarre uh, music. You saw this, right, Todd? I sent this to you guys, right? Yeah, it maybe slipped. uh, Yeah, yeah, and I I maybe made it 15 seconds into it. It's it's bad. It's oh, so no. so bad. It's, oh, no. it's a music video called "When Batman Cries." Oh, that's horrible. It's like Tommy Wiseau's. <laughs> no, okay, rant. yep, got it. Stuff that got he doesn't it. even he would even be like, it, "This is bad. This is bad." The most important social media site I would point people to, I because I feel like this is our next where we're going next mm-hmm. is our Patreon page. Yes. So we referenced our guest, uh, your brother Colin, yeah. is uh, flipping us uh, some cash to do some cool stuff. We got a couple other friends there. They are all enjoying. Uh, well, by the time this comes out, they are all enjoying both our Halloween themed The Monster Squad and our Christmas themed Die Hard. And uh, I think our next Patreon won't be a holiday themed one. No, because we're Fuck gonna have a break in there. So I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna. Lep, no, no leprechaun. Oh, no, uh, our next one, uh, one of our other Patreon subscribers gave us his two-minute review of it, so that's going to be our next one. But join us over at patreon.com slash T-S-P-H-C. So head over there, two bucks a month, be a member of the Superpod HeroCast Army. Come on, do recruit. it. Do yeah, it. throw in a couple of bucks. Us. One, one of us. One of us. One of us. Kumite. Oh, no, no that's, that's a that's different how podcast. Sorry. All right. Yeah, so uh, kick in a couple of bucks just to uh, help us keep the lights on, try and expand some stuff, throw in a little bit, bit more. You get some bonus episodes, even more. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity to shape the podcast. Um, and uh, so right now, thank you to our Patreon supporters, including Colin Our Ryan. special guest of tonight, Colin. Absolutely. Yay. Uh, yay. Uh, our literal number one fan, Pat. And yes. uh, and our new fan, our new uh, supporter, Brad. So thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. All right, all right. So guys, that was a movie. That was a movie. Yeah. So that'll do it for the Super Pod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Colin Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. That's Casey Ryan. I'm Colin Ryan. And I've been your moderator, Bob Brown. Be heroic. You see the delay? Wow! That's why you do it. Got it. Holy cow! That was a good. That was a good second, second and, and a half. half. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's do this. All right. No more clapping. Damn it! I just clapped. Son of a Casey, don't sink that clap. Don't sink the first clap. We see you, <laughs> but we can't see you. You can't see oh, me. But I did just hear that you were hailed by the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen that John Mulaney bit, right? I don't know. Where he's he's doing like a. Todd just went to go get PL. So uh, he's it's cursive already. <laughs> We're way off the rails, but I'm going to tell the story anyways. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the outtakes. Uh, hey, so folks. John Mulaney does this thing where he's watching CSI, uh, not CSI, Law and Order. Yeah. And he's like, and Dean Cain was one of the, was the murderer. And they put him in the lineup. And I just kind of wanted the actress who was trying to place him in the lineup to go, is that, is that Dean Cain? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. That delay is jarring. He he is one of the greatest characters ever I, on TV. Can we just talk about 
while we're off on this tangent, that Nick Offerman is great because everything he says is down here. But then when he giggles, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's little Sebastian. <laughs> so yeah. adorable. Yeah. It's like watch Aquaman. As soon as the previews start, you start shotgunning beers. <laughs> Wow! Ouch! Listen, <laughs> my wife will watch no, that. Don't. I think it's going to be bad, but because I think it's going to be a shotgun, a beer, and enjoy it kind of movie. Yeah. I will. Um... I told you, but I don't think I told you, Colin. We saw Wreck It Ralph too, or Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh yeah. There's a Stan Lee cameo, and the entire audience went. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was yeah. like, damn it. That's sweet, too. Yeah. That's what's interesting. You know, if it's the Lester one where they have, uh, you know, they he loses his powers before they have sex, it's like, oh, did I mention Kryptonians have no penis? That's, that's um, right. that's I'm it. basically a Ken doll down there. I think it's the other way. I have, well, I just have the standard eight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing crazy. You know, I have eight penises, right? As you do, right? That's what I'm, yeah. Well, what you it's call the other penises. Way. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is making it into the episode, just so you know. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs>